This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Many, 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 many. And Shibata comes back with Chapin fucking. That's a tremendous conversation. I live a horrible existence, so. All right, stop. Triple A. Very hard on yourself just for never yeah. being on a boat. I mean, uh, well, I, you know, why don't I know anybody who owns a boat? And we are live here on the flagship podcast. I'm Rich Crage. He's Joe Lanza. Boy, oh boy, this is going to be a fun one here. Rich, I regret to inform you, you've been cut by the world. Fuck. <laughs> believe it or not, me. I think me did well. Actually, believe it or not, me and uh, and and Davy Boyd Smith Jr. had the same amount of matches during our, our most uh, our most recent runs on TV televised matches. Uh, I had zero. Uh, he also had zero televised matches. So uh, that was one where I read and I was like, "What <laughs> did I miss? I don't even did. When did he get resigned? I know he did like a dark match. I had no recollection of him actually getting resigned." Well, that answers the question of whether he was re-signed or not. I guess it does. Did, did anybody know that? Was that a thing that I just missed when that happened? Well, it said WWE Superstar in his Twitter profile. Okay, well, then there you go. So, yeah, I've been cut. Me and, and David Weissman Jr. have been cut. So I don't think they, were, they ever even brought him back to work once. I, they did the one. I, so I know there was a dark match, but I thought the dark match was prior to him signing. But no, then I again. Mean, after the dark match. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think they brought him back. I don't even think he was in the building once. <laughs> Hopefully, he got some of that Eric Bischoff catering at least. But um... he was on that Lanny Poffo deal, just... <laughs> yeah, that great WCW deal. Where yeah, yeah. Lanny didn't even. Hey, can, should I come? Nah, you're good. We'll just pay you six figures every year if you don't come. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. I think he literally never went to work. Right? No, like, I don't think there's any record of him actually ever working i know there, there was this weird and this was like early days of like er, internet message boards or whatever there were the rumors that he was wildcat willie the uh wcw mascot but i don't think those were founded I in any it. reality whatsoever so. I, doubt <laughs> I, I don't think uh lanny Poffo was was wildcat willie as much as i'd love for him to have been wildcat willie but uh well there's a rumor i've never heard was uh was that on the sleaze list? Yeah, I, I don't know if that was on the sleaze list. Yeah, I'm, uh, I just got done watching the Dark Side of the Ring about XPW, who are coming back this week as well. We'll try to squeeze uh, that in. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm all in on the sleaze now. And that entire uh, XPW Dark Side, I was just thinking of that sleaze thread. And just there was some gold in that thing. I don't, I don't know if it's, if it's still out in its original form, but that was, uh, that was a ride. Back There's the some Lanny Poffo lore in the sleaze list. There is. I was going to say, if we're, if we're going that direction, first hour right off the bat, uh, big show, a lot of people listening. If we're going into the Lanny Poffo sleaze, then, uh, you know. It doesn't involve Wildcat Willie. <laughs> it does not involve Wildcat Willie. But, uh, There's some Poffo lore. On there the, is on some Poffo lore, list. yeah. I think we, we, we can... briefly referenced it last time we talked about Lanny when we talked about his New Japan commentary run. I, I think we did allude to the uh, the... The Lady Papo sleeves from the sleeves thread. That is the thing, man. I, I I really I hope that it's somewhere. I hope that somebody has has, has maintained it because Oh come on, the sleeves list is out there. Because it, it did. It lived through many different sites. It got copy and pasted in a thousand different places. I would would you just look up sleeves list and that would be how you'd be able to find it? Or I don't know, like Sunny Cocaine or like I'm trying to think like how you could find it. I think Sunny Ahmed Johnson Cocaine would probably I think be, if uh, you just Google wrestling sleeves list, it's gonna come up. Let's see here. Wrestling sleaze list. All right. Let's see if it's the 
Oh, it's on Angel Fire. Let's see. This is from Reddit, a link to Angel Fire. Oh, it's still there, baby. All right, we're good. Yeah, of course. <laughs> we're good. It's on angelfire.com slash wrestling3 slash kotdm15 slash listsleaze.html if you're looking for it. So You know what? I'd have it no other way. <laughs> I love that it's on the King of the Deathmatch 15 yeah. on the Wrestling 3 Angel Fire because wrestling got, got so... Uh, I, I think one of my uh, early internet wrestling sites was on wrestling two angelfire.com slash wrestling two uh, because at a certain point you were like, hey, I want to make a wrestling site. And in and, and the Angel Fire days, you had to, um, you know, you had to pick, you know, what, what your category was. And I remember being like, ah, wrestling. And they're like, ah, we are all out of space on wrestling one. So you must go to wrestling two. And I'm like, ah, all right, that's fine. Free hosting. I, I can't complain. So my uh, my dirt sheet would be on angelfire.com slash wrestling two. I think it was an EFED. I forget which one I made. So. I would be disappointed if the sleaze list was anywhere other than an Angel Fire or GeoCity site at this point. Yeah, that's for the full experience. That's where you need to read it for sure. Yeah, it's a white. It's a, just just if, for people that are not looking at this, it's a white background, black text, and it's I'm scrolling. It's 460. That's how many entries are on the sleaze list. Entries. All right. Of the sleaze list and and some are pretty fun. I mean, there's there's some that you're like, I oh mean, man. If people aren't familiar with it, they're going to be shocked. I mean, there's some, know, yeah yeah there's some there's some Ricky Morton in the glass there. table. You know, there's all kinds of good <laughs> stuff on there. I did I did people probably heard it on the live stream. I did a brief uh, Lanny uh, search and uh, it came up with nothing. So I don't know if uh, he was listening or something other than Lanny, but. Um, Oh well, I just assumed a lot of the Lanny stories would be on the sleaze list. Maybe there's maybe, a, maybe there's the another sleaze list. list here. Yeah. Oh well. Number fifty, Simon Dean parentheses Supernova enjoys the feel of pudding. Uh, okay. Take yeah. that for what you will. That's it. So there you go. That's that's, that that's is what, what you have. <laughs> that is what you have in mm-hmm. store if you go to angelfire.com slash wrestling three slash kotdm fifteen slash list sleaze dot html. That is that is. One of the many things you, you get out of that list. So, um, some more perverse than the others. Many of the XPW uh, things that I that, that were referenced to the dark side were, were on that as well. So, yeah. But yeah. so that's obviously how we're going to start this show. The <laughs> very newsworthy show gonna, with a lot gonna, of new we're listeners. Gonna, <laughs> we're going to go down every entry of the right. So list. all right, <laughs> and we're going to do. We'll get to Trey Baxter in a bit, but we got we got some stuff to do first. So okay. I think we should I think we should go down every item of the sleaze list and do a Francesca style yes or no as to whether we think it's true or not. Okay, yeah, that's I'm done right? for that. Yeah, that that's what we sh- that one one of our shows that's what it should be. Absolutely. Don't maybe, tell maybe, maybe that's a Patreon. Yes. Maybe that's a ten dollar Patreon tier one. So we can we can get oh, a little salacious with it too if we want. Without question, you know, but um. I'm, I'm I'm trying for a transition. I can't. Speaking of salacious, Rich, does that work for you? Uh, that works. Yes. These... Yes, it does. Um, yeah. yeah. WWE uh, today, they announced uh, revenues of $265 million for uh, Q3 uh, 2021. So things going quite well. Uh, for... How much money you say? Uh, they, <laughs> WWE today announced revenues, revenues yes. of $256 million uh, for the quarter Q3 uh, of 2021, Joe. Uh, a pretty good quarter for them. So that'd be uh, a four-quarter pace of one billion. Yes, dollars. yes, yeah. They're up fifteen um, percent year over year, uh, and then several other key numbers. Obviously, doing doing quite well uh, for World Wrestling Entertainment. So congratulations. Well, surely to them. that means they went on a hiring. <laughs> I would imagine that is the case, but uh, or you All you would you would assume. 
you would assume that yes, getting getting live event revenue back and and doing quite well in terms of ticket sales and 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 obviously the continued uh, amazing amounts of money coming in from television deals. Uh, you would assume yes, Joe, that that would be good news for the employees of World Wrestling Entertainment, or the sorry, the the people who independently contract with uh, World Wrestling Entertainment. But Joe, no, that is not the case. Uh, on the same day, literally, the, basically, they hang up the Q and A, hang up the conference call for Q three, and then we had rumors about this. People were kind of alluding to, hey, there's going to be some releases here, and there were there were 18 WWE releases immediately following. Uh, the announcement of their quarter of a billion dollars of revenue in the quarter. 18 different WWE releases. Uh, and Joe, as we always do, we're going to go one by one. You ready? Yeah, as tradition dictates, we must break down every release and um, give you their future job prospects in wrestling. And let's do it. 18 of them? Wow, this will kill an hour. Let's uh, Let's do it. Let's start. Let's do it. All right. So we'll start with, uh, I think, one of the, the, the uh, an interesting name that, that popped up and people kind of alluded when, when certain names were getting listed. People were like, oh, man, it feels like this guy's probably on the list. Uh, and it was indeed the case. Bearcat Keith Lee has been released. Bearcat Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that he's one of the ones, and there's going to be a few where I talk about this, where it was pretty obvious from the start that Vince McMahon was not a fan of this person. Yeah, didn't get it. Didn't understand it. Didn't get it. Didn't understand it. Gets called up from NXT where it was a very good NXT run. Immediately his gear on that first WWE trial was clue number one. Yeah, we talked about it. it. And we said it and people got mad at us. and We're like, no, look, like Vince saw the guy and said, no, you're not coming on my TV looking the way you do. And you are slovenly. You are out of shape. That's exactly what he thought about the mm-hmm. guy. Because look how he tried to hide him with the gear. Not even just the shirt, but like even the shorts, like looked like a skirt. Yeah. Like the shorts mm-hmm. were designed. Mm-hmm. So it, clearly, Vince didn't like this guy's physical appearance from the jump. And then it was just a series of restarts and reset buttons and repackagings, all the way up to this Bearcat Lee thing. So I think we can chalk this one up to uh, the big guy just didn't like this dude for whatever reason, whether it was his physical condition or the lack of, I've heard lack of intensity Mm -hmm. is something that I've heard that Vince didn't feel like he had enough fire. Yeah, maybe too nice of a guy because we've heard nothing. I mean, anybody who's ever met Keith Lee always comes back with like, this is one of the nicest human beings on earth. (laughs) Soft spoken, laid back, soft spoken. Yeah. So I, I I don't know. He just clearly didn't like the dude, and constant repackagings are something that is a surefire sign. And yo, know, we'll talk about that when we get the carrying cross. We may as well just do him next then. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, Keith Lee is going to do well. Keith, wherever he goes, whatever's next for Keith Lee, I've always yeah, I mean, the world because the guy's great. He's great. It you know obviously that's one of the ones where if you're Tony Khan, that's a name you're jotting down off of this list. I mean. He would get Keith Lee over in one night, you know, because you know what he would do? He'd let him be Keith Lee. The Keith Lee that got over everywhere he went until he got to WW until he got to the WWE main roster and got over. I mean, that Keith Lee independent uh shtick got over in NXT just being Keith Lee. You know, you get to the main roster and 
McMahon feels like he has to tinker with everything, and he never really got over. Mm-hmm. And and why could he? He probably didn't feel comfortable in his own skin. Well, there, there was also the reports too that they uh, they didn't like his work style. Which I I mean anybody who ever saw Keith Lee work knew that that there was probably one company in the world that wouldn't get Keith Lee and wouldn't enjoy the way that Keith Lee works. I mean, everybody else got it. Everybody else understood. That's awesome. The key part of Keith Lee that made him great was that you saw this guy come to the ring. And, and if you had never seen him before, you're like, oh man, that guy's huge. Like, wow, look at this. And then he would do a tope. He would do a suicide. You know, he'd do crazy stuff like that. And you go, holy shit. Like that guy is unbelievable. The stuff that he can do, the athleticism he has at his size, every other company in the world knew how important that was and how to push that and how to use that and how to utilize that and how to make that his aura, make that his niche of like, oh my God, like look at this guy and look what he can do, except for one company. And and it was very clear. And there, there were reports, obviously, really early on in the WWE days, after the skirt, after the shirt, all that sort of stuff, that you know they 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 kind of sat him down and said, no, 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 none of that flipping stuff, none of that stuff. You're 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 a big man, work like a big man. And that's just not the best. I mean, talk about accentuating positives and hiding the negatives. That's just not accentuating the positives of Keith Lee. So um, they, they try issue. to fit everyone. They try to fit everyone into their box instead of exemplifying positives yeah. and hiding negatives. Which every and other company the in the world did with Keith Lee. Every other company in the world that he worked with. Right. Just let him be Keith Lee because it works everywhere. You know, and and um, you know, there's the whole report that he got sent back to do NXT training in between television, which I think a lot of that was overblown. Getting sent back to the PC to do training because I think a lot of people do that, but. Um, you know, it, but still, it's it's it was an embarrassing report to come out, and I don't know. A lot of people are surprised by this one. I'm not. I mean, maybe because he recently got another repackage with the Bearcat thing, and they seem to be behind it. I mean, I think they were just tweeting about him from the official account, like yesterday. Um, but again, the right hand never knows what the left hand's doing in this company. And ultimately, if it was that time, if it was another new quarter and it was time to cut people, I'm not stunned that he was on the list. No, it never no, no. seemed like yeah. he was over with the person that matters. Right. You see, so. you, we always talk about this and, and all the, oh my God, it's Nick Khan and oh my God, it's this guy. And all, at the end of the day, it's it's one guy who decides. And if, if that one guy has decided, hey, are we keeping Keith Lee or getting rid of him? There, there's no doubt in my mind that, that Vince McMahon is probably more on the, well, whatever, just get rid of him. I don't care. I really have nothing for him. Yeah, we tried this Bearcat thing, but yeah, if he goes away tomorrow, it's not going to bother me. And uh and he's gone, but uh, yeah, he he is an interesting name. He circle him for sure. He will be back. Uh, we will see him many, many, many places. I would think his phone will not stop ringing until you know he can work anywhere he wants. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean any indie will take him. I can't imagine AEW wouldn't be interested. So um, he's a guy who will call his own shots. Yeah, New Japan of America would be a fun one for him as well. Oh, um, yeah, he could work anywhere he yeah, wants. Anywhere, anywhere. So if you can't listen, if you can't find a way to, get that guy <laughs> to over, use Keith Lee, I don't. Yeah, you've always you've always told the story about Inspire. Wasn't it? In, it was an Inspire that you went to with it was Keith Inspire, Lee. Yeah. So I it, saw him. I saw him in a half a dozen texts. So what was the Inspire. one that you said? Like within four minutes, they like got him over as the biggest deal in the All entire right. company. I've told this story a million times, but I'll tell it again because maybe it's been behind the paywall or whatever. His debut in Inspire Pro Wrestling, okay? They were doing like a uh, a timed Battle Royal gimmick, like a Royal Rumble gimmick or something. It may have just been a Battle Royal. It was a Battle Royal, okay, to simplify the story. I don't remember if it was a timed Battle Royal or not. And uh, the, the room that they were running in had one of those giant aluminum bay doors. Do you know those kind of doors? Yeah, like yeah in a of course. Shipping and receiving building or something and – it's like, you know, it, 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 giant aluminum bay door. And during this battle royal, out of nowhere, you hear this boom, boom, boom on the bay door. 
and everybody stops and turns and looks, but then they don't make anything of it because you figure, okay, maybe there's some prankster out there who just you know, some kid walked by and banged on the door or whatever. So um, it was disruptive for a second, but then everybody just focused on the match again. And a few minutes later, boom, boom, boom. And now you're like, okay, we're doing a gimmick here, I guess, right? So everyone's paying attention to this door. Then the bay door flies open, <laughs> right? It so he just like open. knock it open. He just like tore it apart, basically. The idea was he was trying to tear into the building, and then he just rips the door open. And there's <laughs> Keith Lee, yes. right? Who a lot of the people in the building know because he worked all these Texas Indies, right? Sure. Like, so right, right, right. They'd seen him in other places, right? Um, and I think he had a, the 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 heel, the big heel manager at the time, um, may have been with him. I don't know if he was with them outside the door or if they cut the promo after the match, but uh, um, he's someone who got canceled in speaking out. So maybe we'll just leave that guy out of it. But uh, so he comes through the bay door and he enters himself in the battle royal and then proceeds to just throw everybody out and win. Right. And that's it. He got over in in five fucking minutes. That's all. It's Keith Lee. <laughs> it's Keith Lee. Yeah. It's not. There's not much to do. It's just. It's look Keith Lee. Him. Yeah. He look. He looks amazing. And then he goes in the ring and then he does a backflip. You know, <laughs> he does a freaking Sasuke special or something. And you go, oh, all right. So not only does he look incredible, but he's also uh, can do stuff that that no human should possibly be able to do. Okay, great. And and every other company in the world figured out what to do with him and utilize him properly. So. I mean, what a debut! It's like this man, this monster rips open the door. <laughs> I love it that it's a bay door too. That's like because like you could buy that like anybody can get through just like a wooden door or something like that. A bay, I mean, a, a, that door that's a tough door to get through. And that it took him a little bit. You know, it wasn't like he did it in one second. That, that's very smart. That it, that the first time he banged it didn't the, the door didn't fly off. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. The fact that it was a tough door and he needed to work a little bit, but he still got that fucking door open. I like that. Yeah. And then he just tossed everybody out. <laughs> and won, yeah, yeah. yeah. And won the match. Right. And, and, you know, and, and I, I've never seen Keith Lee go anywhere and not get over. You have to be <laughs> a senile octogenarian to not get Keith Lee and not be able to get him over. Yeah. It's, it's easy. That's an, it's a layup. Look at him and look what he can do. So, anyway, that's the... Keith Lee debuting an Inspire Pro Wrestling story, which I thought go. was a very brilliant way to debut. Just incredible. Like yeah, that. great, great stuff by, by the guys in Inspire. But uh, yeah, you talked about one guy. You talked about a uh, person that just went and won a bunch of places, and you wanted to kind of allude to this guy, Karrion Cross. They, uh, NXT 1.0 or 1.5, or I don't know what they're officially calling the, <laughs> the previous NXT because it wasn't the first NXT. But anyway, the most recent, the, the Triple H NXT, Poppy Raw. Uh, Karrion Cross debuted, beat everybody, literally stacked bodies on top of each other, pinning them all, uh, and then very quickly once uh, Nick and uh, and uh, Vince took over NXT, they never quite saw it in Karrion Cross. brought him up to the main roster, took away Scarlet, took away the entrance, gave him a weird mask, gave him some weird bondage gear, and now what feels like... It, it's only been like a couple months that this guy was like the most pushed commodity on the, in this company. Just the guy who was destroying everybody left and right, and now he has been released. We'll talk about uh, uh, the aforementioned Scarlet as well because she was also released. But Karrion Cross, I mean, this is a guy who it, it, when you want to when you want to put in totality his entire NXT run, and you've talked about this all the time. This man never wrestled in front of normal live crowds. During the first year or so of it. Like everybody kind of assumes that the fall and pray stuff. That was all done during COVID. I'm not sure he ever wrestled in front of a fan. 
in NXT. I'd have to go Yeah, back I'd have to see back. when, like, if anything did cross over. There was that weird period where Capital Wrestling started leaving in, you know, letting in some fans or whatever. But yeah. essentially, his run began in the midst of COVID and either ended right at the tail end of, of, of NXT 1.0 or the NXT no fan area or whatever. But yeah, this is a guy who, who it, it, it either says a lot about how long COVID's been around or how close, you know, how, how short his run was in the company. But it's a very, very short run for him. But a one where right off the bat, it was obvious that Triple H and the leaders of, of NXT whatever point oh whatever thing really believed in this guy, really pushed this guy. I mean, he beat everybody in the company, so much so that they had a four-way match with all the top legends, or quote-unquote, of NXT, and he beat all their asses and <laughs> pinned them easily. And then when Vincent Nakon took over, they just didn't see it in the guy, brought him to the main roster, took away Scarlet, took away the entrance, took away everything little by little, and he clearly was not happy. They clearly were not happy with him, and now the run is entirely over. Um, he's a guy that I'm not really... I, I don't ever... I've never been a huge fan of Karrion Cross. Um... I I don't know what I think about his prospects outside of WWE. I, I'm not quite sure, but uh, this is kind of a shocking one. If you told somebody four months ago, right, <laughs> like six months ago, that Karrion Cross would be released in, in in November, I don't know if anybody would believe you, given where he was and the trajectory that he was on at that point so soon after this release. I'd have be- believed you once he had debuted on the main roster because, yep, yeah, but I wouldn't have believed you while he was in NXT that he'd be because he, because like Keith Lee, you knew the writing was on the wall with this guy. Cause he got repackaged every 20 seconds. So that's the surefire sign that Vince McMahon did not like him or didn't like something about him. And remember when he debuted on the main roster and lost to Jeff Hardy via schoolboy roll up. Yep. And TMZ man defended that. And said, oh, they're <laughs> telling a story. Telling stories. Let it play out. Yes. Not just TMZ, man. Many other pundits as yes, well. Oh, paid, you paid pundits. Paid pundits. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're telling a story. These people never learn. Rich. <laughs> they understand. never. You get those tweets. You get those tweets today too. They're like, oh, "This is unbelievable. I can't believe it. They just did this with this guy. They just did that with this person." It's like, are you new here? Yeah. Come on. Like, never learn. Never. It's incredible. You know, we knew he was dead right then and there. And then, like you said, getting sent the main event. Dusting off all the old Hercules Hernandez gear, and uh, and and having them come out <laughs> with all these wacky looks, and it just it was it, you know it, it very similar to Keith Lee, where you know they they managed to get. Well, see the thing with Karrion Cross, like we said, we don't know if he was truly over in NXT because he never appeared in front of a fan. Okay, and it's like. We, we think that he was over with the core fan base because he seemed to be over on Twitter. The WWE fans seemed to enjoy his act on Twitter. The act, at least, especially at first, was very much over. And remember, we 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 would rip the entrance because we thought it was corny as hell. Oh, I hated and it, yeah. I thought, you know, and my thought on it was that entrance is never going to work on the main roster because it's too lengthy. You can't come out in a random second hour of Raw and do this, you know, six-minute entrance every time. And they're not going to let you do that unless you're a superstar. You know, mid-carders don't get entrances like that. So to me, I was like, the problem when he gets called... Yeah, he was getting a Triple H WrestleMania entrance every single week on NXT, and that was just not sustainable. I thought that's the end of this act because on the main roster because they're not going to get the entrance. And then if they don't have the entrance, what what are you left with? A below average wrestler 
who blows up if he's in the ring for longer than five minutes. He can't really go. And th- the whole act was the entrance. So I thought they were doomed because of that. Then they get called up and they break them up immediately. And it's like, oh, they were doomed before the like the entrance had nothing to do with it. They were just doomed from the get go because they obviously didn't like Scarlett because she got cut and they never let her do anything. on. They, the- yeah, a main roster. I think that she had that one match where they tried her out as a wrestler, which I uh, I would advise not the best way to use Scarlett Bordeaux is as a professional wrestler. No. Uh, and that's the way that they chose to at least try her out. Did and she then, wrestle on TV or no? I don't remember if it was on TV. Maybe it was on main event or something. It was on main event, I believe. Yeah, I, I'm not looking at it right now and I don't really care to look at it to be honest but it was main event or something like that and i'm sure i i I mean i just know i've seen scarlet wrestle many 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 times live i I have a friend that trained with her it was like you know that's not the best way to utilize her and nobody and and it's obvious that they didn't i mean and i don't think that they thought long term that they were going to utilize her that way i think they just wanted to see what they had and then they just confirmed to them okay no this this isn't going to work for her as a wrestler we don't you know think the pairing of her and cross is going to work on the main roster and and that was pretty much the death nail for her and and it felt like the death nail for Karen cross as well they never even tried the nxt act on the main roster i mean they didn't even give it a go they immediately split them up and the entire act was the without the entrance they were nothing it was a dark match by the way against uh Shotzi Blackheart um so she never wrestled on WWE TV but um but yeah you could tell that they they didn't but here's the thing rich why do they call these people up if they don't like them and have nothing for them i know it's a rhetorical question i don't expect you to answer it but it's like does does Vince was Vince McMahon just looking at eight by tens and saying I'll take that one that one and that one and then when they get there he realizes he like how do you call up Keith Lee or Karrion Cross and then decide okay everything you were doing there I don't like well then why did you call them up if you didn't right like it's it's very bizarre and it's something that you know back when NXT was in its prime and and it was something that Triple H would always preach on all these dumb conference calls and all these dumb things before takeovers and everybody would throw roses and send fruit baskets to him is he would always say, you know, oh, well, you know, me and Vince, we, we you know, before anybody's brought up, we make sure we have a plan and we make sure we have a, a, a roadmap for that guy and nobody's brought up and, and largely like, you know, he wasn't lying. Like most people that were brought up were brought up for a sole purpose and they were brought up to be what they were on NXT and a continuation of that. And, and, and that did stay true for, for many, many years, somewhere along yeah, the line. That's like 2015. Exactly. Right. Right. Like- Right. Kevin Owens we're talking. Yeah, about. and then somewhere along the line, and I don't, I don't know if I know the exact time, like that change just kind of broke and 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 Vince there was the first sign that Vince had lost confidence in, in NXT is when he would bring people up. It yeah. was essentially just, all right, yeah, they look good, whatever. You know, or like I don't know, I don't even know how it happened, but like you said, it may have been an eight by ten, and he goes, Yeah, her, him, him, and him. Okay. And then they'd come and then he'd go, Okay, yeah, I don't know, whatever. I don't care what you guys were doing before. Here's what you're doing now. And that little by little was happening more and more and more. Leading to now this thing where Vince can can take over the reins of NXT and say, well, you're not giving me what I want. And it, it just it led to that disconnect. So I don't know exactly when that point was when that disconnect happened. The the we're getting people ready and then you're going to change the characters and change everything about it. That happened somewhere along the line, you know, years prior to this. And then now it's just so happened in the last few years where it's just been like, OK, now you're just not doing what I want you to do. And largely, I agree with that, but it's also like Vince, you know, from Triple H's standpoint or the NXT standpoint, it's like, well, we, we kind of got some of these people ready for you, and then you just change everything about it, so what the hell do you want from us? It was just, NXT, it needed to all get blown up like it is right now. It's just an absolute disaster. Like you said, one hand doesn't know what the other hand is doing, and it just leads to just embarrassing runs with a lot of these people, so... 
who it's knows? some message sending probably too. Sure. Like, oh yeah, yeah. This is what you they, thought of them, but here's what I think of them. Here's what you did with them. Well, here's what I wanted to do with them. And and oh, you pushed them and thought this guy was good. Well, I think he fucking stinks. You know what I mean? Like that that sort of passive aggressive weird Vincism thing. I mean, it's not it wouldn't be the first or the fifteen thousandth time that Vince McMahon has has used somebody out of spite to prove a point to someone else. You know, that's that's Yeah, use someone guy poorly operates. out of spite. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean Dusty Dusty Rhodes polka dot gimmick. Best, right? the best example ever, yeah. Those two embarrass him. Um, so, you know, naming you know naming Virgil Virgil was named after Dusty Rhodes. Uh, like, no, Bruce Pritchard said that it was unrelated. So well, Bruce Pritchard's a fucking idiot. <laughs> Bruce Pritchard said it was just a complete coincidence that his name sure, was Virgil. Bruce. Yes. Yeah. Sure. That the the manservant um, of uh, Ted DiBiase was named Virgil. No, that's God. Why would anyone still listen to that? <laughs> like. That was the one I do remember listening to that part and 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 Conrad for to all of his credit was just like Bruce shut the fuck up like yeah. and Bruce was like no I swear and he's like Conrad's just like Bruce no shut up <laughs> like stop yeah. you're not I'm not even gonna let you talk anymore because you're you're I know you're lying you know you're lying everybody listening knows you're lying just stop just stop no you're not gonna <laughs> say that he was named Virgil just ah oh, what's yeah. a name for this this man sir not Virgil I got it there it is wow perfect yeah get out of yeah, here a lot know. of times Conrad just doesn't have the energy. Oh, that one, he did not let him slide on that one. He was like, no, stop. <laughs> like, yeah. You're fucking lying, and I know you're lying. Stop. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, as far as carrying cross, I don't know, AAA or something, I don't, I don't really care. I mean, he'll get, he's going he's gonna to get work. Yeah, I mean, for sure, for sure. The Indies always like this guy, yeah. Look at the guy. I mean, he's going to get work. He, he looks like, you. it's like, okay, you ask a person on the street what a pro wrestler looks like, and they might describe him. Like, like he's going to get work. Um, you know, do I want to watch him? I don't. I mean, I don't have any interest in watching the guy. Um, but he'll be somewhere and he'll be somewhere high profile. And it wouldn't stun me if he ended up in AEW. It wouldn't stun me at all. Um, I'm not saying I, I think that's where he's going. But would it surprise me if he turned up there? No. I mean, but but he's going to get work. He'll get high profile work. And Scarlet. Look at her. I mean, you're going to see her again. I mean, again, if you can't find a use for Scarlet Bordeaux, and like you said, it shouldn't be in the ring. Like, she should not wrestle. But I can find something for her to do on my wrestling roster. For sure. And and one thing that I've always seen, the companies that did utilize Scarlet the best is because she's capable of doing some things in the ring. You know what I mean? She's capable of doing moves. She's cap- capable of taking bombs. She's capable of doing some things. And, and you know, locally, I, I saw AEW use her in that role a bunch of times. She would be the manager for somebody, and occasionally she would run in, and she could take a bump, or she would run in, and sometimes she'd hit a Hurricane Rana, or she'd, you know what I mean? Like, she'd do stuff like that, and that's the best way to utilize her, is have her primarily be a manager, but also be able to get in the ring and get physical and that sort of stuff. Like, you know, largely, and, and, and again, I'm not comparing the two, because obviously one of these people that I'm, I'm saying is was well, a very good wrestler and way better than Scarlett, but like late era Sherry Martel, you know, when she was in WWF or, or, or WCW, they didn't utilize her as a, a bell to bell in ring worker. But when she had to go in there and, you know, do a cross body off of a cage, you could say, ah, well, she knows what she's doing. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah, telling yeah. Sable or Tori Wilson, Hey, we need you to do a hurricane Rana. And it's like, oh, okay. And I, I know say, I think Sable did do a hurricane Rana at one point. It was not very good, but like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it, it, she's a trained wrestler. So you know that, okay, when you do want her to get physical, when you do want her to do something, she can at least do it and, 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 and be able to kind of pull it off yeah. a little bit. And that's the best way to utilize her. I mean, heel wrestler with a smoking hot female manager is like it's a pro wrestling it seems like an easy win yeah i mean it's not you know 
So I don't know. And she seems eager to get out there. She's putting out her booking address. Already. I know. Okay. I, I'm excited. Yeah. She goes, I'm free so, 30 day. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. Let's, let's, I mean, I don't know why I'm well, that excited, you know, you but like called- she, she got, you know, she's, she's tweeting out. I'm liking it. You know? Well, you think you're in this hot act because they're, they're pushing you to the moon. You never lose a match. You get called up. They immediately split you up. They never put you on TV. They bury the other half of your act. And this goes on for months and months. You could imagine where she is in her headspace. Yeah, sure. She's one of the people who's happy to be released. You know? Because she obviously saw they had no use for her or him. And now, you know, she's eager to get back out there. So, good for her. And speaking of breaking up hot acts coming off of NXT, I guess this would be a good spot for B-Fab to cross her off the list here. So let's do her now. Yep, B-Fab and- also released. Brian Alvarez did tweet this out that she had just signed, and I don't I don't know the truth of this exactly. I'm not quite sure, but but he did tweet out that she had just signed a new deal last week. Well, I mean, they probably all got a main roster deal. Yeah. All four of them. And it's like, this is another example of an act. Now, this act did appear in front of fans and did get over in front of crowds in NXT. And they were there for the transition from poppy NXT to NXT 2.0. And it was very obvious that they were one of, if not the best act on NXT 2.0. Um, Hit Row, I'm talking about, of, yeah, course. of course. Yeah, of yeah. So they get the call up, and what did everybody say? They may split them up. They may, and then we hear reports. Oh, they're going to push Top Dalla, and they're going to team Swerve and Ashanti as a tag team, which already is completely changing the dynamic of, of the act and why it got over. So you know you're in bad shape right off the bat. And what was the other bad part of that? No mention of BFAB. In those reports, yeah, she was just gone, you know, immediately gone and immediately out of the uh, the not even mentioned. And no, we don't know the plans for her. We know Swerve is being downgraded to the tag team because he was the lead part of the act, and the plan is to push Top Dollar. Then they do debut on SmackDown, and it's Swerve and Top Dollar in the tag team, you know, so they don't even know what they're doing with this act. (laughs) It hurts your brain to try to think of it, and it's like, imagine working in this company, like, oh my god. And again, it got over in NXT, and you called it up because presumably, because it got over, then why are you changing everything and then cutting one of them? It doesn't make any sense. Now, do I think B-Fab is any good? I don't. We saw her wrestle once, and she was atrocious. It was not good. Yeah, it was not good. She was awful. And it's not even fair to her because she gets called up way before she's ready. She wrestles a hardcore (laughs) match. Hardcore match. Before she's ready. Of course she looks terrible because she's also in there with someone who's not ready. So it's not her fault that she's atrocious and wasn't ready and got called up and then got put in the Now, you want to make her part of this act and just have her be part of the act while still training. But why put her in the ring and embarrass her in that way when she wasn't ready to do that? Right? And then why call the act up if you're not fully by- – like we just talked about – What's going on? Like, why are you calling them up if, if you're if if you're already breaking up the dynamic and doing it differently than it was done in NXT, and then cutting one of them immediately? And and, and again, 
I don't think you'll ever see her wrestle again. She's one of these people who will just disappear and you'll never hear from her again. And in 10 years, you'll say, oh, remember B-Fab? Because she 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 wasn't even – she's like not – even done with her, she like can't wrestle. She's not done training. Like, right, right, right. I forget. Do, do you remember her background? Uh, how she got into the business? I, I actually I don't. don't. I don't remember. But it doesn't matter. Like she's obviously awful. Like yeah. she can't go anywhere. And right. Wrestle. She's not going to leave WWE go. and now go join like you know the Santino Brothers you know, Wrestling Academy or whatever. You know, I mean, that's... she has no name value either. Right, like, right. Like, what are you going to put beef? The artist formerly known as B Fab, <laughs> FKA B Fab, yeah, FKA B. Yeah, I mean, so you never, she's never yeah. gonna wrestle again, yeah. and it's just the whole hit row act. I mean, it's like it felt like they may have had something, and in record time, they find a way to fuck this one up, and it's not like they weren't warned. And and the problem is this top dollar, and even Ashanti saw some of his tweets. They're out there chirping constantly, and it comes back to bite them almost immediately. You know, the top dollar tweet. Oh, unlike the other people who got called up, which you shouldn't be ripping the people you work with, but, you know, uh, we know how to promo. So, you know, we'll be fine. What is this guy talking about? When has top dollar ever cut a promo in his life? Like, has top dollar ever stood in the ring with a microphone in front of 12,000 people and talked people into a building? What is it like? He he's just he's so out of line with everything he says, and it, it's gonna sink everybody else. Like you you can't talk. He doesn't understand pro wrestling politics. That's the problem with this. Yeah, guy. it's not gonna go well. That that's the only warning I would give to to anybody that that you know tweets like this is is it's yeah. not gonna go over in your own locker room. No, when you're saying, no, oh, not, and, other people are failing because they can't promo. Right, I can promo. I've never heard Top Dollar say anything other than you know what he does. He stands behind Swerve Scott. And he says, let him know. That's the only, like, that's not a promo. Right. It's He's a cool, I mean, I, I like the act. It's a cool act. But yeah, it's not quite, you're not, you know, <laughs> you're not Jake the Snake Roberts, pal. Like, reel it in a little. Like, it, yeah. It's, yeah. You know, and, 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 and it's, it's off-putting to the other people in the locker room. And I don't think he understands that part of it. Because you don't see, you don't see Shane Strickland tweeting this stuff out. Because he understands, because he's been in the business for more than 10 minutes. I mean, this top dollar had six matches in his life. Yeah. And he's talking about how he's such a great promo. And and you turn around, and it's like, they already cut one of you. <laughs> so it's like, th- th- that tweet has already come back to bite him. Right, this company, yeah, being being fiercely loyal to World Wrestling Entertainment is uh, definitely not a... Uh... A winning proposition for most people. That that's that's all I'll say for for a lot of these people. And yeah, already now you know weeks into their their main roster run, one of them is already gone. Um, does not bode well. Uh, and I looked her up. She came on through a tryout as well, so she is not a train. I mean, she came in through a tryout. PC. That's. I mean, she's not like you said. She's not going on the indies. She's probably not going to a training school and saying, ah, you know what? Now I'm hungry to to to, to work, and she's going to work the next shimmer round or whatever. It's it's, it's probably it for BFAB. So. I mean, you're Shane Strickland. You got to pull this guy aside and say, "Hey, man, you're gonna get heat. You're gonna, you're gonna put heat on all of us." Right, and I have to you work. I, I, you know, if I ever get released, I got to work with a lot of these people again. <laughs> you know what I mean? It like, only takes one more week, like because they debuted on SmackDown to crickets, Rich, crickets, and this was an act that did get over in NXT, and it's like one more week at that, and Vince is in the wrong mood, and it'll be two down. Don't think it won't be, because again, they just. It, it's the same with Keith Lee and Karrion Cross, and now with Hit Row. It's like it works in one place, and you bring them up, and then you don't do the stuff that worked in the first. It right. doesn't make sense. 
It's very bizarre, and uh, it's not. I, I don't know when it's ever going to stop. It, it maybe may in the next couple months or the next once they get literally everybody out from the old NXT and only have their own thing. May, maybe then, and only then, it'll it'll start uh, somewhat making sense what what they're doing with NXT and, and and how they're building people up. But in the meantime, alas, we continue. So that was uh, we have Keith Lee. Uh, we've had. Let's talk about. We'll, we'll talk about uh, Mia Yim right now because we talked about Keith Lee. So we'll kind of get yeah. that done as well. Obviously. Uh, another kind of relationship uh, uh, release here, Karen Cross and, and Scarlett, uh, Mia Yim and uh, Keith Lee both released as well. Uh, Mia Yim, obviously, after the retribution thing and that kind of failed and that was a, 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 an unmitigated disaster and it kind of felt like the writing was on the wall there. And I'm, I'm kind of I'm actually somewhat surprised that she lasted as long as she did, given um, just how disastrous that all was. But um, uh, she is now gone. And, and, and yeah, she I don't think will have any trouble getting work either. So. No, as soon as she's able, she'll be working every... The same places she was working before. It wasn't that long ago that she was working these same places with these same people, so... Yeah, and she could end up in Impact, AEW. I mean, she'll work any indie she wants, and she'll eventually have Major League work again. Yeah, well, we are we are reaching, and I guess this is a good time to bring this up, we are reaching a, a weird kind of critical mass era uh, pretty soon, too, in terms of indies being able to afford these people, what these people are going to work for, where these people are going to go, like... We're definitely in a weird spot, especially with Ring of Honor, you know, out of the picture for a little bit. And, and and they might end up being, you know, the beneficiary when they do come back because all these people will be available to them. But, you know, it's it's very easy to say, oh, Impact or, oh, hey, AEW or whatever. I'm like, we're, you know, these people all cost money. <laughs> you know, so that's it's we're reaching a very interesting point here. And, and, and it, it would be very nice if some money mark just came and invested a shit ton of money in a wrestling company. That would uh, certainly help everybody right now. But we, we are starting to reach a point now where. You know, there's only so many spots for so many people, especially if they want, you know, legit payoffs and, and, and stuff. But uh, I don't know. It, it's a very weird scene right now. And, and, and yeah, it's it's very easy to kind of name the same three indies and the same three companies over and over and over again. But at a certain point, these companies cannot continue to just add people to their roster and these people have to get work somewhere. So I don't know. In the current atmosphere, it's hard to figure out where all these people end up going. But God knows what's going to happen in the next six, seven months in terms of these different companies and, and who has money and who doesn't or whatnot. So. Well, especially a Ring of Honor out of picture. Right. Yeah, it's one less one that can give people money. And, and you know, so it, it's... Or a contract. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, well, luckily MLW is there to give out their, their incredible contracts. So that's, uh, that should work out very well for everybody. Uh, all right, so we got Mia Yim, Keith Lee, uh, Nia Jax. I was surprised by Nia Jax. Were you uh, as surprised as I was? Uh, yeah, I mean, you don't expect to see. I mean, because there was a lot of... NXT names and low level, you know, recent call ups. So Nia Jax is someone who's been there for years and years. Um, you know, there are some rumors that some of the people who weren't interested in being vaccinated may have been part of this round because then it's hard to book them on the road and those sorts of things. Um, so some of these people may fall into that category where it's like, all right, well, we've given you months and months and months to get vaccinated and now you're you know, you put us at a business disadvantage when you're not vaccinated because there's still some venues and cities that maybe we can't book you in. And it's just too much of a headache. And if you're Nia Jackson, you don't really mean anything, then 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 you can go. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that she was one of them for sure, but, um, you know, that's some of the word floating around that some of these people were just anti-vaxxers and they weren't going to get it done. Right. And, and in the current landscape, we're seeing it obviously in the NBA as, as well and other sports yeah. are seeing it as well as, you know, given certain 
cities and, and their rules and their codes and all that sort of stuff that, yeah, if you're going to be, you know, unvaccinated, you need to, you know, offer a lot to, you have to bring a lot to the table because it could become difficult to book you in, in New York. It could become difficult to book you in LA. It could become difficult to book you in, in, in certain places. And, and yeah, if you're not, I mean, it's, you have to be very much worth the trouble for them to go through all the stuff. And if you're not, if, if you're not worth that trouble and they look at it and go, okay, look, is Nia Jax really worth us getting special treatment and, and doing extra testing and doing all that sort of stuff. And, and the answer to that is probably no. And, and yeah, it makes an easy, uh, easy release. So I don't know. Again, we don't know that that's exactly why she got released, but you know, just kind of speculating uh, as, as for a potential issue, but I was kind of surprised by her. Cause it felt like she was in there for the long haul. Like somebody that they always, I mean, anytime that they, brought her up they pushed her a lot i mean anytime that she was being you know in in the mix she was pushed pretty heavily but um yeah ultimately i i won't uh, i won't shed any tears about nia Jax leaving the company so. i don't yeah i don't think she's any good i never thought she was any good no, she's actively dangerous <laughs> actually you know like yeah not just not bad you know just a, not just a bad wrestler but like an actively dangerous wrestler too so yeah i mean she's injured many people um you know she's got a great look she's huge especially for a female wrestler. So I'm sure if she wants to continue wrestling, she can. I mean, I, I could see like impact being all over somebody like that. Um, possibly AEW. I don't, I, Nia Jax doesn't strike me as the do the indie grind kind of. Uh, no. Yeah. Home. No, I don't think she's working shine. You know what I mean? I don't think she's, you know, nah, she's <laughs> a home live she shine know nothing shows. about the yeah, indies so, yeah. and, and she's, Beyond, I don't think she's going to be on the next Beyond Uncharted territory. I don't, I don't think so. Presumably, so. she has money, and I don't think she'd be interested in that. Um, but I could, I could see one of these companies bringing her in for sure. Um, moving on here, I'll do some some of the main roster ones here, and then we'll go to the NXT ones. Uh, Lindsay Dorado and Grand Metalik. I'll just, I'll just kind of combine those two because I think they're both interesting uh, uh, names. There, Lindsay Dorado uh, and Grand Metalik. We've always talked about Grand Metalik, and it's like. Crazy how this guy is as talented as he is, and nobody ever wants to use him. He signs to New Japan, and they barely use him. He signs to WWE, and they barely use him. We have speculated that he he must just be banging people's wives, or I don't know what the hell this guy must be a total asshole or something. I have no idea. I can't understand it why you know companies don't use this guy. But uh, you know another opportunity now for him to to, to get out there and. I don't know if he's going back to Mexico. I have no idea about visas and 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 where he lives and all that sort of stuff. But. Um, Tremendously talented guy that that yeah I have plenty of uses for Grand Metallic if he's still obviously the worker that that he was a couple years ago which I assume that he still is but um, well, I'll be honest I haven't seen a whole lot of Grand Metallic matches in the last uh, uh, few years. Well, CMLL never pushed him either. There's nobody pushes right. the guy. Right, I don't know why. <laughs> it's um, very bizarre. But well, if Tony Khan wanted to, he could put the Lucha House Party back together now because he. Oh, you're right. He's got them all. Yeah, you're right. Right, right, just in time for the trios tournament. Yeah, and Metallic only thirty three years old, by the way. It feels like he's been wrestling for for decades, and well, he has, but yeah, he's only thirty three years old at this point. Once we finish up this TBS title tournament, and uh, then we can finally roll out these trios titles, because um, I, I definitely think politically they wanted to do a second women's belt before they did another men's title, just so they wouldn't have to hear, you know, I, that I, that's how I feel about it. I feel like politically the move was to do the second women's title first, but that trio's title is coming. And that's an interesting thing. You know, you know, I don't know if you'd want to just, I don't even know if those guys would want to just recreate that same act, but um, if they did, it's, it's on the table and that's something you could do. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I mean, these are both super talented guys, especially uh, Mascara Dorado, especially him. And I mean, he could obviously get work very easily back in Mexico. 
um, I would suspect for either company. I mean, obviously, unless there's some kind of bad blood I don't know about, I'm sure you can go back to CMLL and, and I don't see why AAA wouldn't take them or make a play for them. And, you know, it's, it's a guy like Tony Khan is well aware of how talented these two guys are. Um, so yeah, these are two guys that won't have any trouble at all finding any kind of work, you know, worldwide. They'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Lince Dorado. I mean, obviously, he, he um, I forget exactly where, I think in New Jersey, right? Isn't he? He's a New Jersey guy, if I remember correctly. That I but, don't know. Uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely low. I mean, he's definitely American. You know, he's from America. Uh, he, he yeah, he did a ton of Shakara, did a ton of Evolve, did a ton of, um, I mean, I saw him live at a bunch of places. ZGUSA uh, did all that sort of stuff. I saw him live a bunch of different places. I mean, he, he, he can fit into pretty much any indie tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, they, they can book him and he can, you know, announce Lince Dorado. And he, he doesn't have to be a main eventer. He doesn't need to be paid, you know, $2,000. He could just, he fits in perfectly. He's a guy that, that is not going to have trouble for work. I mean, I think any indie in the world is going to be able to call uh, Lince Dorado, have him come over and, and do a pretty good match for them. So. Uh, I think he'll be fine, depending on the grind and how much he wants to go and all that sort of stuff. I can't say for that. I mean, he's been in WWE now for for a couple years. Um, you know, you kind of get used to that lifestyle. But but he's a guy who worked uh, the Indies for many, many, many years. Almost, I I think you know, God, maybe even a full decade uh, before he came to WWE. So I don't. I, I think he's probably got a lot of those connections still around as well. So it all it all depends on you know how much you you want to grind, what you want to do. But um, I think he'll be fine no matter what he ends up doing. So. Uh, we've talked about Harry Smith already. I <laughs> okay, I <laughs> great. That's like why? Why'd you hire him? I, I just don't understand. It's very bizarre, uh, very strange. But uh, Harry Smith uh, gone again in the BFAB. We've talked about uh, her as well. So that is the main roster uh, releases on NXT. We've talked about Scarlet already. Uh, Ember Moon. Uh, Ember Moon. Uh, she tweeted out, um, "You've got to be kidding me" or something like that. Or I forget what the tweet was. And that was an ominous tweet. And then a few minutes later, Sean Ross Sapp says, "Yes, Ember Moon." Uh, has been released, and 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 she is someone that I do not think will have any trouble getting work. She is very well respected, very very well loved on the indies, and I think will be very quickly um, with the company. Yeah, writing was on the wall there too because they didn't call her up, and she's kind of left behind with the transition to two point Yeah, and in two point uh, there's a certain look and feel to how they want the women yeah. portrayed on two point and and unfortunately, Ember Moon does not fit that. Uh, yeah. That category yeah. that they're looking for right now in, in, in 2.0. So whether it's age, yeah, whether it's looks, whether it's body, whatever, wrestler. it just doesn't work. She's a wrestler. Work. Yeah, she's, she's a, a pro wrestler. Not a, yeah. you know, <laughs> not a uh, member of Toxic Attraction, unfortunately. So Right. But, um, yeah, I think I think she'll be all right. She'll, you know, she can get work on the indies immediately. As far as Major League, I'm sure she'll get looks. Um, I didn't love her WWE work, to be honest. I'm, I'm very up and down on Ember Moon. I think... At times she looks really good, and other times I think she she looks pretty bad, to be honest. She's just uh, she's too hot and cold for me. It's too hit or miss. I don't think she can promo. I think she's actually a horrible promo. I think if I if I were employing her, I would never let her cut a promo. I mean, I think it just it actively hurts her when she promos. Um, so that's a disadvantage, especially you know major league pro wrestling these days. You got to be able to promo. Um, but yeah, she's obviously super talented. And, um, you know, has a major league pedigree now and was pushed pretty hard in NXT for a while. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think you'll be seeing her on TV again for sure. Definitely. Um, moving on more NXT ones here. Frankie Monet, another, another recent uh, acquisition to NXT, the former Taya Valkyrie, uh, currently uh Married, so right? in thirty-one I, she, days, in thirty-one days, she'll be an impact. Yeah, Just for sure, for sure. To to reach, you know, go right back 
uh, to yeah. what she was. You can pretty much just tell it. You don't even have to tell like a long story about it, where she was gone. She could literally, literally could have said, "I was on a vacation, and now I'm back." You know what I mean? It was so soon after her uh, her impact run, and and yeah, maybe AAA. You know, depending on wherever. I mean, there, there's plenty of places uh, uh, she can go. But I, I do wonder what Johnny Drip Drip is thinking uh, about this as well. Probably not uh, super in love with this uh, uh, release here. Didn't but, he uh, just move? Didn't yes. he just move to Orlando yep. to accommodate all of this? Mm-hmm. Man. Yes, he did. Great company. Crazy. Great company, Joe. <laughs> Tremendous company. Yes. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he, he finally just, he, I think literally like this week. It was like this week or last week or whatever that he moved there to make him, so that he could be closer to where she was working. Right, right, right. To kind of help her out. And, and yeah. this, I mean, that's, that's tough to go back to work, you know, in a couple days. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's tough to uh, yeah. get on that plane and say, hey, how's it going, guys? How are you? Yeah. Thanks. But uh, there you go, Frankie Monet. Uh, she will, yeah. I mean, she was just at many places like six months ago, so I don't think uh, don't think she'll have many trouble uh, or much trouble getting. Well, she'll uh, go right back to all of her old haunts. Yeah, no exactly. Problem. AAA impact. It'll, it'll be fine. She'll be fine. Uh, Jesse Kamea, Katrina Cortez, Zadea Ramir. Uh, do you know anything about uh... Jesse Kamea? Is the woman that she's like six six foot? Or five eleven, six foot, six one. She was at. She was in late era evolve as part of the crossover program with the people that weren't quite ready for NXT TV, but they were, you know, on the verge. The Denzel DeJournes and the 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 Dan Mathas like that. Yeah, right, evolve. right. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was, you know, on a lot of those evolve shows, and she was very much a work in progress. Very. Didn't didn't have the right kind of wrestling coordination a lot of the times, and I never saw other than her size and her look. There was nothing there to me. I mean, yeah, I she didn't. was she it was a little tough. Yeah, that, this is one that's not super surprising. Like this is kind of an, even an old era NXT release here, where it's just like, yeah, I don't. Yeah. We're, we're kind of we're at a crossroads I didn't see here. Someone so. who was ever going to grow into a competent bell to bell pro? Wrestling. No, it's one of those people that you see it or not. You know, what I mean, there's sometimes you need yeah. to refine somebody. You need to take them. You know, they need to work here and work here to kind of get it. But but she kind of had that that weird sort of just didn't have it didn't feel like she you know yeah it's I, hard to describe you you know when you see it and you're just like yeah i don't i don't know this might not work i was never high on her i just i didn't think it was ever going to happen now who else who are these other two now uh so katrina cortez you might remember her now, she, okay so sean ross sap claims she was with uh uh phantasmo's group but i don't i think he's got the wrong per i think he got them mixed up i think he's wrong yeah Maybe. i don't think she was there i know that she she was the masked uh, 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 woman. Is that who it is? Okay. Yeah, right, she's from right. Chile, I believe, and and she did. I think she did like a mixed tag match one time with Sin Cara, uh, and then they put her on NXT, and then she had done a little stuff here and there. I think she may have been doing stuff. I don't know if it was two hundred five live or whatever. Like she had popped up every so often. She had been there for a couple of years, I think uh, two or three years or whatever. And she would occasionally pop up and then go away, and then occasionally pop up and then go away. And and you she know, just I think does jobs. Yeah, pretty much. She was just doing jobs, just kind of working her way through. And, and she's still very very young, but um, uh, she has an actual wrestling background as well. I know she trained different places and whatnot, so uh, she can obviously you know go back there. But uh, I don't know what the Chilean wrestling scene looks like right now for her. So yeah, I saw some reports where she was confused with the with the woman that's part of uh, Phantasmo's group. That's not who this is. No, this is I. I know who you're talking about now. She just does jobs on TV. This Katrina Cortez. Um, yeah. So I mean, again, you can't really be surprised about this. Um, this was someone who 
they didn't see any value in because I don't think she ever won on TV. And if, if she did win on TV, it was probably ages ago. I'm, I'm looking at her cage match now and she never won on TV. So that tells you all you need to know what they thought about her. Not much. And the other name I mentioned there, I don't know anything about Zeta uh, Ramir. I don't, do you know anything about Zeta Ramir? Um, Spell it. Uh, Z-A-Y-D-A Ramir. It, yeah, I don't remember. Oh, okay, okay, I do remember her. She, uh, she came up through uh, Booker T's school. Oh, this is. Uh, yeah, she's actually pretty okay, right? If I remember correctly. Wow, this one's surprising. She's a real prospect. Yeah, she was. Oh, she did Impact, right? That's that's who I remember now. Oh, yeah, I yeah. Did, wow. I, I I guess I didn't make that connection. That was her. A D A Q A. That's who this is. Yeah. A Q A. I know I her. As know AQA, her. I, I didn't know her NXT name. Right. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's uh. Woo. Okay. Huh. All right. Yeah, she's very young, right? If I remember correctly. I don't know how old she is, but she is a real prospect, a real pro- like a real legit prospect. This is someone where I'd I'd get her. I'd I'd get a hold of this one if I'm AEW. And For sure. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. If definitely. you want to stick her in the Nightmare Factory or with Matt Seidel or with QT or whatever for a while, okay. But you, this is someone. With real upside, yeah. Wow, I so I didn't I didn't make I didn't even know her NXT name, so I was thinking, Neither who the hell I. is that? Wow, yeah. They and no, she's I very know. recent as well, if I remember correctly, right? I mean, God, she's only been wrestling for like a couple of years uh, at this point, but I swear they brought her in like earlier this year. Am I, am I wrong? It's a Booker T Booker T trainee. Yeah, I, I think that they just brought uh, her in like four or five months ago or something like that. So that's very strange. So yeah, new hire this year. Wow, yeah. So that keep an eye on that one if you're looking for you know. Somebody that, that that might surprise you out of this list, keep an eye on her because I think um I think she's one that could definitely, definitely um yeah, she's tremendously talented from what I've seen of her. So um yeah, AW's absolutely gonna scoop her up as quickly as possible and, and, and put her on dark or it's a high ceiling prospect. Whatever. Definitely, 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 yeah. Um yeah. Uh, and then two uh or, or sorry, Jeet Rama Jeet is gone. Oh Veer stays Jeet. Jeets is gone. As long as, long as they're not cutting Shanky. <laughs> I think Shanky's okay for right now. Leave but... Shanky alone. Yeah, no sh- no Veer. Leave Veer and leave Shanky alone. But uh, Jeets, Rama, is is unfortunately. Well, didn't he kind of, after the roster reshuffle, kind of get left out in the cold? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think all those other guys did their so... own thing, and then he was on the very weirdly named 205 Live these days. So, um, yeah. yeah, that uh, wasn't good. He he lost to Bo, which is uh, never a, a good sign on 205 Live. So uh, that's the last yeah. I remember of, of Jeets. So, yeah, Jeets uh, Jeet got lost in the shuffle for sure. Uh, they clearly did not have high hopes for, for Jeets anymore. So Yeah, once they – yeah, yeah, yeah. Once the – yeah. No, he was the member of that little – wasn't he with – all those guys for a while. Um, then... So I don't remember exactly. I know he was definitely on that 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 show that I love, the Indian wrestling show that they did that I don't think we're ever going to see was ever it? again. Oh, Superstar Spectacle. Yeah, he's the one who wrestled AJ Styles. Right? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know if he was with those guys, but he made that debut, and that was awesome, right? Oh, wait, hold on a minute. That match rocked, I think. That match was incredible because they told a really cool story about him, and I forget what his background was, but it was really badass. And then AJ went out there and like worked with this guy, like let him get some offense, let him do some stuff. That was a great match, if I remember correctly. Ah, great might be pushing. <laughs> great is a little strong. I love that show, Joe. I love that show. You know I did. I know. Uh, yeah, you. Okay, really no. So okay, that the match that I liked a little bit more was the Guru Raj. I did not like. You know, okay, against Finn Balor. Right? Yes. Okay, that's the one I liked a little bit more. That she was, was fine. She was fine. Guru Raj and Finn Balor that rocked. AJ Styles and Jeet was fine. Okay. 
Sorry. Yeah, I don't think AJ Styles and Jeet rocked. Yeah, never mind that. <laughs> Finn Balor um, and Guru Raj. Am I correct that that rocked? No, that one I remember liking. Okay. I don't, I, I'm going to hesitate at rocked. But... <laughs> right, it's somewhere between rocked and it was okay. It's somewhere between there, maybe. But uh, um, yeah. okay, yeah. Sorry, the G Rama match was not that good. So um, sorry, pal. Yeah. Um, so G Rama is not the guy I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of because um, you're Veer Shanky and I. Who for... was? Who oh. were the two guys in in the tag team in NXT with Stokely? Because that's all oh, right. G-Rama yeah. Hmm. I can't remember the the members of that team, but um, that's not Jeet Rama. I thought Jeet Rama was somebody else. Jeet Rama is the superstar spectacle guy who did 205 Live jobs. You're thinking of Rinku Singh and Gujar or something. I forget exactly. Yeah, yeah, Rinku, that, Rinku, Rinku is Veer. Team. Rinku is Veer. Yeah. Guraj, who was, I forget what they called. He had another name as well, but I don't. I forget what he's doing. Yeah, one of those guys is out of the picture now. Yeah, it's it's the other guy. It's that Guraj. Uh, I forget yeah. what his NXT name was or whatever, but uh, yeah. And Shanky and Veer are still, but the other guy, and I thought Jeet was the other guy from that tag team who, you, you, that's who I thought this was, but it's someone else. I'm confusing him with that. Yeah, guy. I forget. Oh, they, oh, right, right. So Guraj was the, or, or, or forget it. I, I, don't, I forget it. I, I might be saying his name wrong or whatever, but he was the guy that got in trouble for posting the uh, Adam Cole Keith Lee photo. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the one that had to do the apology in front of the locker room, guys. So, uh, yeah. Indus, yeah, Indus Sheer was the, the name of the tag team there. But uh, Indus Sheer was the tag team. And I'm thinking of the other guy in Indus Sheer who's not on TV anymore. Yeah, Surav. I or, I, Surav, I believe, is his name or something like that. So, um, yeah, Jeet Rama is somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is an old, this is an old school look. You're never going to make it cut. That's all. Yeah, I think it was like 42. So Jeet Rama. Like, sorry, man. Uh, and then the two guys, uh, two interesting time. ones uh, here. Trey oh, Baxter. Jeet Rama is, for- Jeet Rama is 40. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, he's done. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was never going anywhere, let's be honest. After that great match with AJ Styles. That's super spectacle. Uh, anyway, uh, Trey Baxter, uh, the former Blake Christian, already booked. GCW, already booking Blake Christian, by the way. So um, he got released. Really? Brett was on the phone, I guess, immediately. I promise you, yeah, I will uh, I will he's find the exact graphic, tweet. Right? Yep, he's in a graphic. Let me get the exact well, didn't take uh, <laughs> tweet from you. So who called who first? Did Brett call him or did he call Brett first? Nah, he got called. He got called. You think he he called Brett? He, or, or Brett called he, him? Blake Christian, I thought, was very overrated. But I thought he did some of his best work on New Japan Strong. I thought his time in New Japan strong. We talked about that. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah. Right before he got signed, was it was finally kind of coming together. They kind of, you know, cooled everything down with him a little bit. They kind of told him to take it a little bit slower, you know, work a little bit more precise and stuff. And it was some good stuff. And then he was gone. Yeah, well, he got signed. Yeah. But I thought he was really improving working those New Japan strong shows because I thought on the indies that he was very overhyped. Um, so... We'll see if New Japan liked him because they'll bring him back. They didn't. I don't think New Japan brought back. Um, who's the other guy? Taylor Rust. Signed? Taylor Rust. I don't think they brought him back. I was wondering that too because when that when I was looking at the most recent strong things, I did not see his name. So I was kind of like, "Ooh, okay, well." Hey. Yeah. So you know, we'll see if they bring Blake Christian back because I thought he was doing some some of the best work of his career for New Japan Strong because I think they. He had focus and all of those things, which 
on the Indies, you're just out there on a scramble. And yeah, they they have not booked what was he in New Japan Strong? Rust Taylor. Yeah, right? Rust Taylor. Yeah, Taylor Rust or I forget it. I forget which was which. I forget because they switched it in a weird way once he got to WWE. So I forget what he was if he was Taylor Rust or Rust Taylor. But it was it was he was Tyler Rust. Tyler Rust. That's right. That's right. And he was Rust Taylor on the Indies and in New Japan, and he got scooped up by ROH, where he is Taylor Rust. Got all that straight. Tyler Rust in NXT. <laughs> yes. Taylor Rust in Ring of Honor. Rust Taylor in New Japan and the Indies. So um, I guess he figured by just adding the letter A to his WWE name, that was the way to go as he got back out there. But, you know, for Ring of Honor, he the indie shots he's doing, he's wrestling as Rust Taylor, though. So there you go. There's a rundown of the Rust <laughs> you Taylor nobody ring asked name. for. That nobody in the universe asked for. Uh, the, but now the... you got all that straight. But right. the point Thank you. here is New Japan didn't bring him back and it seemed like they liked him. I mean, he was getting wins over like Rocky Romero, Russ Taylor. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember that, but I do. Yeah, yeah. But but Blake Christian was doing some good work for them, and we'll see whether they liked him or not. Maybe he just signed with Ring of Honor so quickly, Taylor Rust. That New Japan didn't get a chance to, to 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 get him back in the fold, but we'll see what happens with Blake. Blake Christian's going to be all over the Indies. We know. Oh that. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the as tweet... far as major league prospects, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, I, he's I, not I, someone where I'd be knocking down his door. No, nah, I w- I've never been that big of a fan. So I, I I would need to see him. And and this is fine. Like this is actually how his development should have gone. Mm-hmm. Is he should have been working? We said at the time he needed to be working Indies for like another year and a half. It was the same with Jake Atlas. Uh, yeah. Before he got released and fired, it was just like, oh man, like or, or, or released and then quit. Uh, it was just like, yeah, no, no, they, like these guys shouldn't be signing right now to this company. Like, go do the indies for another year or two, and, and then you'll definitely, you know, know where you are, know what you need to work on, know what's good, know what's. And it just felt like all too soon uh, for him. And that was during the period of the long old days, Joe, of last year when you know, you, if you had a modicum of buzz, you were just getting scooped up immediately uh, by NXT, and 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 yeah, now it's like he can just kind of continue his developmental cycle. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I would, I would probably wait a little bit until I'd sign him if I was a major company. But, uh, as we said, game changer wrestling home is where the heart is. Blake is back December 4th in Dallas, December 17th in LA with some, uh, some ticket links right there. So let's see if he right. moves numbers, Joe, if people are, uh, excited that, but okay. to see the return of uh, one Blake Christian to GC Dub. Breaking up a- Breaking up a couple. He dates the uh, skateboarder girl. Ah, Cora Jade. Yeah, that's right. Right. Cora right. Jade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sad to see. It, it is. Yeah. Hopefully they uh, yes. they continue their young love. love. Yeah. Hopefully they continue their young love. But uh, sustain their love. I would imagine a nineteen year old is definitely going to stay with the person she was dating when she was nineteen forever. So. Yeah. yeah well. Can you imagine? Can you imagine one. if you? No, I cannot. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I always think about that, like, because, you know, the, the nurse and I will talk about that, too, where she's just like, you know, she'll be scrolling on Facebook. and She's like, oh, gross. These people, like, dated in high school, and they're still, they're, like, married and stuff. They're like, man, they never, like, dated anybody else. And it's like, just a man. She always asks me, like, imagine you married the person you were dating when you were 18. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be rough. That'd be rough. So. Fucking, Yeah crazy yeah so. i'm running through them now it's like no. <laughs> yeah. i don't have that many to run through so my, my list is pretty quick um but uh it's, yeah. i guess your list is a lot more extensive for 
18 to 19 years old. But uh, yeah, nobody that you really wanted to settle down and, uh, and have a family with, I imagine. I wonder what Marie Petroselli is up to Ooh. these days. I really don't know. She sounds hot. I mean, <laughs> I guess. Is that a hot name, Marie Petroselli? Uh, yeah, kind of. I don't know. Yeah. Sounds like a, a hot, uh, you know, hot brunette. Sounds all right to me. Cara Macaluso, the whole gang. Nah, that one doesn't do it for me. I don't know. Something about Maria Petrozelli does, but uh, what was the other all one? Cara right. Macaluso. Uh, nah. These are you, are you doxing these people? <laughs> these, these real I mean, names? they're all probably married by now. I mean, you're not, you know, <laughs> they're not going to have the same last names. So, um, well, I, the, oh boy. The, I think, well, I believe one of them might have the same name that they had. Okay, we'll just stop, because one of them might be a nurse. But uh, anyway. Uh, no, I've looked all these people up. Okay. Neither one of them are a nurse. Right. So. Anyway. I don't think I've stalked these people in the... Uh... <laughs> to figure out, well, that's what she does. She's like, yeah. that's what the nurse does. Like, oh, I was dating this guy when I was 18. Like, oh, God, look at him. <laughs> He's a disaster. I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, Absolutely. You got to do that, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean... look them up. Well, I say that I don't want to marry the person. I still follow them and laugh at their their misfortune in life. So it's uh, it's incredible. What you so. shouldn't do is like look them up with your current significant other because I I, I was uh, sitting around looking up exes with TLB and it oh went mine are all poorly. so psychotic that it's not even a problem. So it like, went very poorly because one was a yoga instructor, one mm, was a, like a doctor, and another had her instagram was nothing but bikini photos and she's mm. still like fucking stacked and i was like you know what <laughs> okay we'll see that i didn't we're not that looking problem. anybody up anymore because yeah that's fair that's fair then tlb's getting heated and she's for, for like for like three weeks straight after that i had to hear a, a yoga instructor a fucking yeah. yoga instructor i'm like what do you want from me yeah she wasn't a yoga instructor when i knew her like you're eating dinner oh you're gonna go with the doctor am i not good enough yeah, you want the exactly. doctor and you're like no you're fine like yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I can't geez. give you what the doctor can give you. <laughs> like, sorry, I don't have like, the we, money that like, the doctor has. <laughs> like, I don't care. I'm like, we were 17. I didn't know she could lift her leg over her head. I mean, what do you want from me, the yoga instructor? This is this is all new there's information. A, it's, to me there's too. a follow up to that that you just said that I'm just gonna leave alone completely. So. Um, I mean, I didn't at the time know <laughs> she's gonna be a yoga instructor. How was I supposed to know that? It's not fair to me, you know. Uh, Got to be fair to Joe here. Like, be fair to Flair. Remember? How's the doctor doing? She she good? I guess so. She's a fucking doctor. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure she's doing just fine. Um, I don't know. Again, how do I know these things when I'm 18? But oh. like, I you know, it's it's that was a big mistake that night. Have I thought I have a little fun? Yeah. You know, let's, yeah. Let's see, mine are mine are all like you know? weird QAnon people, so it's a lot easier now to just. I don't have to worry about that same thing. They're like, you know, they're so off the grid. It's it's not bad. So one has like multiple kids and one's a, a weird QAnon person. So there's no, um, yeah, it's okay. QAnon people, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fun. So it's like an all time like, woof. <laughs> like, oh boy, that could have, that could have been disastrous. That would have not gone well if, uh, um, anyway, but no. best of luck to, uh, to Trey Baxter and Cora Jade on their continued, uh, Again, so, you don't know who's going to become a yoga instructor or a QAnon. Right? Yeah. When you're exactly when you marry if you marry somebody that when they're 19 or you you stay with that person forever, God only knows where it's going to go and what directions it's going to. So. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that's straight back. So that's Blake Christian, and then the last one, a, a very interesting one, or one that I'm pretty excited about. Oni Lorkin, the former Biff Busek, is gone. He has been released. 
into the world. I think he has a 90-day no-compete. So February, uh, I think February 2nd would be the date of his uh, return to wherever he wants to work. And and um, he's got good friends with a lot of people on the indies right now. Uh, you would imagine AEW uh, going to reach out. But he will – if AEW doesn't reach out, I mean, he is going to work anywhere he wants to work. It's it's Busek. He'll, he'll be fine. I honestly forgot he existed. You do forget him a bunch in, in NXT. Yeah, there was that while uh, about two years ago where they were really using him, and then it just kind of all went away uh, very quickly for for Biff. So, well, two point it just that was it for him. Yeah, um, definitely not what they were looking for for that <laughs> no. re- revision. Um, but he had the uh, the the tag team with uh, with Danny Birch and not Danny Birch. Um, who was he in the tag team? Yeah, Danny Burch. And yeah, 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 right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, in the dying days of Poppy NXT. Which ruled. That team but, rocked, by the way. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, all those hot tag matches against, like, um, like Thatcher and Ciampa and people like that during that era. Um, I guess Imperium, era, some good matches with Imperium. Imperium and, yeah. all still there at the time. Um, yeah, but then when they, they switched over to NXT 2.0, that, that was it for him. Because he wasn't, you know, he may have done a job or two on TV, but again, he hasn't. I been. thought he was hurt. I, you know, I I might be wrong, but I thought. Oh no, Birch got hurt. Birch is the one that got hurt. So I think once Birch got hurt, they just put Lorcan on on ice. So yeah, but I, I mean, I would think that Birch is in trouble too. Yeah, there's a few guys that I was kind of surprised once. Once I saw Lorcan, I was like, well, that's it for Tim Thatcher. <laughs> like that's not going to last very longer. But yeah, uh, Thatcher's another one. Yeah. But yeah, he he was not listed. Birch was not listed. But I mean, pretty. I mean, you, you can pretty safely, I think. Look at the NXT roster right now, and, and and pretty safely say, okay, none of these guys are long for this world. Like if you're well, if you're somebody like a Danny Birch, like don't you just kind of, I would almost go up to them and say like, hey, look, what's the, are, are you guys gonna do this or not? Like just like because I don't want to make any plan. I don't want to be like fucking Johnny Jip Drip and move or do it. I'm like I'm not ready to do anything right now, and that's that's a problem with it. That's why I say like imagine working for this company. If you're a Danny Birch or a Tim Thatcher, you got to get in a room and say, hey, what what's going on? Like are you are you guys gonna like if you're gonna release me, just fucking release me now. Like, I mean, that's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is they never asked me to come to work and they're paying me. I guess, I yeah. I guess you just gotta stay away. And as long as you don't you don't uproot your family or do anything too wild, you just kind of stay out of the the, the limelight and stay out of the the, you know, the crossfire. Uh, yeah, I, I guess mean, that's the way. Yeah. I think I'd ride it out until they noticed I was still on the payroll. I mean, you know, I wouldn't call attention to the fact that. Hey, I don't fit your new vision. What are we doing with it? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose. I, if you're by yourself, I get it. I, I think it's a little different if you got family and, and, and mortgages and bills and moving, you know, all that sort of stuff. I think but. it's the opposite. I think if you have a family, you keep quiet and take that money. And if you're single and don't have any responsibilities and want to just get back on the grind, that's where maybe you raise your hand and say, hey, are we going to shit or get off the pot with me? You have less at stake. You know I what suppose. I mean? I guess. I don't know. I just I look at somebody like a, a, a Johnny and a Frankie, and it's like you know moving across the country, and then you're released, yeah. you know, two days later. You know, one of those things would really kind of that'd make me nervous. It'd make me nervous to make any big decisions in my actual life, not knowing what my job prospects are going to be or if I'm going to get released. And in, 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 in you know, I have no I have no job security right now as one of those people, and that that would make it tough for me to work. You, you know, Rich, like everything makes you nervous. <laughs> you know, I'm very nervous about that. <laughs> 
You're just the nervous person. You're constantly nervous. <laughs> yeah, somehow you're not. You would just walk in and, hey, how's it going, guys? You know, hey, how's it, you know, fill up your coffee, you know, walk about your Danny Birch walking into the NXT locker room. Hey, how's it going? Hey, you know. Everything works out. I don't get nervous get, about nothing. Yeah, getting your, tying your boots. Hey, how's it going? Nope, not today. Everything. I'm not in the book today. That's all right. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> Pack your bag. You're out. All right. Yeah. Am I on the Everything sheet? Nope, nervous, that's all right. No problem. See you guys yeah. later. Yeah. That's... You're just constantly anxious. So you're, you know. You would get yourself fired. Yeah, oh, for you, sure, you for sure. No, I would rather know. I'd rather say, hey, if you're going to fire me, just fucking do it now so I don't make any, like, big decisions that, that are going to... Like, the anxiousness of of knowing I'm going to get fired but not knowing when is actually worse than just getting fired to me. So. Okay, well, listen. If I'm Timothy Thatcher, maybe I'm not buying a new luxury... <laughs> right, maybe don't buy the uh, Porsche that you've been looking at, yeah. Right, but I'm also not like eager to stop getting those paychecks for sure. doing absolutely nothing. I mean, the guy hasn't been on TV since they switched over to the 2.0 thing. I mean, they're just, he just, maybe he's helping train. I, I don't know the deal with any of it. Yeah. But it seems bizarre that they would just keep all these people. If they're cutting all these other guys, why, why would you retain Danny Birch and Timothy Thatcher? They're never pushing Danny Birch or Timothy Thatcher. Let's be honest. They're never calling them up. They're never pushing them. And if they do, they're going to be Drew Gulak. Another guy who should probably lay low and just, you know, not be seen in catering for a while. Yeah. To see right, if he right, can right. just keep pulling down those, you know. Because um, Gulak, he's he's got some heat with some people in AEW. I don't think we'll ever see him there. Him and yeah, Cody. Yeah, that, yeah, that's going to be a tough uh, tough spot that for That pizza him, heat, so. right? The pizza heat, him and Cody. Yeah. Where uh, is that Cody... Cody bought pizzas. Remember, remember that story, Cody. I don't remember all the intricate Co- details of it. I remember the pizza. I, I, and I remember the, the heat, but I don't remember all the other stuff. Yeah, it was ahead. at an Evolve show, and Cody bought pizzas for the fans. He bought like twenty pizzas, so he's got pizza at his gimmick table. So if you come up and buy a picture or whatever, you can grab a slice of pizza. Uh, yeah, right. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Gulak is at another gimmick table, like across the way. And he's like mumbling to himself, he's like, "Oh, that's how you're over. Okay, that's why you have a big line because you're giving everybody pizza, well, you know." And Cody <laughs> took massive offense. Wrestling to that. is so stupid. It's the dumbest yeah. thing. Yeah, like Drew Gulak thinks that he has no one in his gimmick line, right? Because, because everyone's getting the pizza from pizza. Cody, which is not totally incorrect. I mean, there there is right. truth to that for sure. But he said to Cody, "Like that's why you're over. That's why you have a line because." you're giving everybody free pizza. And I think that's bullshit and all this and that. So Cody like went public with this and is saying how Drew Gulak it, and, and he went hard on him. He called like a, 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 a nobody never was, never will be who, who's never been over. And how dare he say that I'm not over and I'm just getting over with pizza and all that. And this is all like public. <laughs> so if he's like burying Drew Gulak publicly, cause you know how wrestlers are. Oh, for I mean, sure. Do it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Then, then you know, I would assume that there's still some uh, some heat running deep between those two, or maybe they hugged it out later that night. Who knows? But, yeah, or there'll be a BT episode where you know Drew Gulak shows up with pizza or something like that, and then it'll all be forgotten. So yes, but as of last check, I don't think Cody likes. Uh, Not a big fan Drew of, uh, of, very much. of Drew. Yeah, well, of the legal eagle. Drew <laughs> yeah, hey now, <laughs> are you sure? Oh no, no, he was he was definitely the legal the eagle. legal eagle. Yeah. yeah, the swamp monster days. <laughs> he was the legal eagle, Orange Cassidy, and the legal eagle Drew Gulak, and Swamp Monster, and yeah. uh, the whole gang, Rich, the whole gang, in evolved there during those days. Mm-hmm. But uh, yes, yeah, the Cody Pizza story. 
So that's, I believe, is, cut. Uh, that is it, I think. That's all that that's we have right now. So that's it for right yeah, now. Right. Um, this uh, from the F4W Online uh, article. Uh, mass releases have become a regular occurrence in WWE throughout 2021 as they made 13 roster cuts on August 6th, another 14 on June 25th, 6 on June 2nd, 8 on May 19th, and 10 on April 15th. So, yeah. Uh, Cross and Lee, both former NXT champions uh, as well. Jack's former Raw women's champion, two-time uh, women's tag team champion uh, as well. We should note that these were um, presented to these people as Budget cuts. Yes, of course. That was given. Uh, unrelated, Joe. I, did I mention this? That WWE uh, announced uh, as of today, uh, two hundred and fifty-six million dollars was their quarterly uh, revenue uh, for Q3. I forgot if I mentioned that at the top of the show, uh, but I thought while we were talking about WWE, I would just I would just bring that up real quick. So sorry. What well, uh, roster cuts you said? I got my budgets. Cal- yeah. Well, I got my calculator out, and that comes out to a one billion dollar pace mm. uh, for the year, over a billion dollars. Mm, okay. So if they would maintain that over four quarters, Rich, they would profit four, over one, one. So four times. Okay, hold on. So yeah. there's four quarters in a year is what you're saying. Double here. check my math. Okay, so, so four, four times, times 256. 256. Uh, yes, you are correct. That is that yeah, is over a billion. Yeah, over a billion dollars, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Rich, what if I told you that Josh Johnson? was quarterbacking an NFL team right this second as we speak. Josh Johnson. The the same jo- the one that I know the XFL Johnson, player uh drafted yes. in like 2008 or something like that. <laughs> Josh Johnson that would have been in the NFL when you last watched. <laughs> right, that one is still still kicking. What if I told you he's playing quarterback right this second on a, for a, an NFL team on my television? Yikes. I would say that's not great. Uh who the hell is he playing for? J E T S Jets Jets. Oh boy, what happened to the uh, the what is it? Mike White wasn't that that Mike guy's name? White was injured earlier in this oh. contest against the Colts, and um, Josh Johnson uh, entered the game to play the quarterback position for the Josh Johnson. The thing I love most about Josh Johnson, and correct me, and you would probably know this more than me. Every time there's like a startup football league, he's like one of the first signees, right? Like yes. he was in the it was what was it the UF. W or something like that. That was in the early. He was definitely in the AAF though, for sure. Yeah, he was drafted by the San Diego Fleet. Okay, there you go. And then he was definitely in the XFL, right? Uh, like the most recent XFL, if I remember correctly. You know what? I I probably well, I don't know because I'm almost positive he was. I I I don't know why I know this, but I I I think that's true. But uh, I cannot believe essential best quarterback that's not in the NFL all the time. And like now, yeah, he's isn't he? Like, he's got to be like forty though, right? How old is this guy? Well, the Jets. I'm thirty four. <laughs> like, there's no way this guy to be pretty old. Well, the Jets traded for Joe Flacco two weeks ago. I don't know where he oh. is. But uh, what? <laughs> Excuse me. I thought it was he. I thought he retired. No, he was on the Jets last year. Huh. So hmm. they. The, so the kid got hurt. That's why they were starting Mike White. Okay. So they traded for Joe Flacco. They traded a six-round pick for Joe Flacco, but then Joe Flacco told them, I can't report this week. So they had to play Mike I'm White. busy. <laughs> I have something to do. <laughs> right, yeah, I don't know what that's about. <laughs> yeah. so Red, now Mike, a, a good restaurant reservation that he didn't want to cancel. Yeah, I will I come in a couple weeks. I'm busy Joe right Flacco now. Joe Flacco had alternate plans that I guess right. I don't know how that works. Um, so they start Mike White. Then Mike White gets hurt this week, and now it's Josh Johnson. Hell yeah. I don't know where that's they found awesome. him. Awesome. But Josh Johnson is, is – uh, in the game for the Jets, so incredible. They're losing, as you could probably ask. That yeah, it seems like a safe assumption. Uh, uh, yeah. 
So not good. Good for him, man. That's that's a hell of a job to be the uh, long time little Vinny Testaverde throwback there. Um, I had to, you know, because I, I keep one eye on it while we're doing the show. I had to rewind to make sure that my <laughs> you're like Johnson quarterback. Johnson. That's and I'm like the Josh Johnson. Like that's awesome. Like, well, hey, good for him. That guy, Josh Johnson, like the 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 same Josh Johnson that I'm thinking of. Yep, that's the one. I am looking now, and that man has played for a number of professional football teams. <laughs> yeah, he played for the Bucks. He played for the Niners. He played for the Browns. He played for the Bengals. He went back to the Niners, back to the Bengals, Jets, Colts, Bills, Ravens, Giants, Texans, Raiders, Redskins, Niners again, and now the Jets again. And in between there was also a Sacramento Mountain Lion. That was the UFW or whatever the fuck it was. Uh, and then he was a San Diego Fleet, as you mentioned, the AAF. Uh, yeah. And then he was a uh, Los Angeles Wildcat in the XFL. So. There you go. He played last week. He threw a couple passes for the Jets, so I wasn't go. on top of that, I guess. But uh, back in there tonight. There you go. Well, hey, good for him. That's uh... Wikipedia right on top of this. Johnson additionally saw game action the following week against the Indianapolis Colts during a Thursday night primetime game. That's happening right now as we speak, right? Yeah. These Wikipedia editors, they got to get a life, man. They <laughs> they're quick. They're, they're quick. Like, it's happening right now. And <laughs> who who scrambled to be, I got to update Josh Johnson's Wikipedia. Like, there's so, there's a human out there that yeah. was thinking, that was watching that game, went, oh, my God, I have to update Josh Johnson's Wikipedia. You know? Yeah, and I have to do it right this second. <laughs> right. You can't even let the game end first? Right, to report on what he did. Josh Johnson entered a, a Thursday night football game and completed it five passes before. Well, they're down uh, 28-10. What if he leads a big comeback? You'd want to have that in there, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, they want to be first to it. I, I don't know for what benefit, but. Uh, Is there competitiveness with Wikipedia? I would. Like, oh, there has to be, right? There's got to be. Yeah, but they do it for free, right? Yeah, I don't I don't know if they get anything out of it. So, I don't know. It's bizarre behavior. Losers. Like, why are they so. Like, yes, why? they're the losers. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> it's a big time radio show. It absolutely is. We're setting record numbers here, both in the live chat. There's a lot of people in the live chat tonight. There right? is people. Uh, these these releases get uh, get people. We do they a good job of breaking them down for sure. We we definitely do. A, it's uh, a lot of sadists. Yeah. We had a big month on the Patreon last month, so um, we're raking in way more than these Wikipedia editors. I think we're that's probably that's probably a safe assumption. Yeah, we're so. raking in nothing. By the way, so yeah, while we're both dorks, uh, we're at least making uh, money. We're monetizing our dork uh, dorkiness. So, yeah, uh, good for us. But uh, anyway, so that is the NXT releases or the WWE releases, we should say. So, uh, presumably that's it. I don't know. I mean, the last time I think there was a um, there was a double dip uh, the day after as well. So I don't know. Maybe that will happen. But this seems was there. I I don't remember if it was the last time, but it was a couple times ago. There was a a Thursday and Friday. Uh, uh, releases. I, I closed the window, so I don't remember the dates, but we'll see. I, I think on Friday. Huh? Yeah, I, I would guess no, because on that one, remember it was like one day was all NXT, and then the next day was only WWE or whatever. So um, I'm guessing that it's probably this is it. But I mean, who the hell knows anymore? So um, I, I forgot if I meant 256 million dollars this quarter, Joe, for my World Wrestling Entertainment uh, was the revenue. So just wanted to point that out. That comes out to over a billion if they match that. For so every quarter, which is a four. Okay. Yeah. What? Four, well, two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Billion dollars in profit. Not bad. Case. Not bad. Good for them. You got to make sure that Blake Christian. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, gotta make sure Frankie Monet doesn't uh, unpack all of her boxes quite yet. So. Uh, well, look. I mean, I mean, we've been we've been we've been transparent about this for years. Is that they probably shouldn't have hired everybody under the sun. 
yeah for years and years and years and years it just it feels so so much like a gut punch when it's just like the day that they announce their quarterly the, day number. the hour they're like all right they get off the phone with all their their constituents and all the stakeholders and all the people with stock and then okay <clears throat> all right let's call these people and fire these assholes right now it's just like did God. they ever did anyone on the call ask about the rumored cuts probably not right <laughs> Did anybody ask where Paul Levesque is and if he's alive? Did they? I'm I don't think you. so. I don't think so. I didn't see anybody talking about it. So Cardiac event. Yeah, this man had a cardiac event. We haven't seen him in two months. Like... Cardiac event. Have you ever heard the term cardiac, cardiac event? event. Until... No. I wish the uh, uh, the nurse is gone. I, w- I was going to ask her if she's ever dealt with a cardiac event. On her, uh, cardiac on her event, so... event. And we haven't heard a word since. Nothing. No tweet. No Instagram. Is Stephanie he hasn't said a thing. I mean, seriously, is he dead? I, I don't know. Is he fired? Did he They'd quit? Have to say, right? Did he quit? Did he get fired? Is he dead? All those are realistic possibilities right now. I mean, what the fuck is a cardiac event? <laughs> Did the man have a heart attack or not? I... A cardiac event. I mean, he's a 52-year-old man with anabolic blood <laughs> excuse I mean, me yeah you do not know that that's did he have a heart attack or not i mean yeah, cardiac event it's just been radio silence yeah nothing yeah i i would assume that somebody would say hey one of your like primary you know at, at a po- the last time we did a call this man was a high-ranking executive and we it's had a presumably some sort of heart attack or heart-related issue, which you're calling a cardiac event. Uh, what is his status? What is he? And we haven't said anything. Now he's just gone, and you completely <laughs> repackaged. Word. The show he was running is now completely different with a completely new strategy, which, going, which is going to presumably affect our investments moving forward, as this is your developmental. De- you think someone would ask about? Yeah, hi, the high-ranking executive that's no longer on any of these calls, and uh, you said had an issue. Uh, how's he doing? Or, or is, is he still he... running the lifeblood of your future in the company? Yeah, like, you're, you're, the thing that we're investing that? a lot of money in, and, and, and yada yada. Yad, but no, or is he? I guess not it never came up. Nah, I guess it never came up. So I, I would think someone would have asked that. Yeah, you're telling me they did. As far as I know, they did not. So, um, all right. Anything else big in this investor call that we should know about? Uh, I don't think there was anything else. I'm sure there, there's some more details that will kind of trickle out as people. Uh, is Nick Khan still talking about blinders and fight and sleep? And <laughs> you know, I haven't. I didn't read all of it because, unfortunately, right as I was kind of getting into the the call, then all the releases were happening, so yeah. uh, I did not see that. He did say um, Khan talked about the quote IP wheel. Oh, the intellectual property wheel. <laughs> so there's a wheel of intellectual, wheel. Okay. intellectual property. Studying the Undertaker New Day content on Netflix uh, and the upcoming McMahon Netflix docu series, which he called "Amazing and Out of This World." Well, that's why they're hiring Jamie Horowitz and all those guys. Yeah, to, yeah, for the to, to the IP wheel. Jamie the Horowitz IP is going to spin the yeah. IP wheel. <laughs> all right, Hulu. Hey, all right, and <laughs> you know. A fucking Undertaker movie with the New Day. Did you watch that? You couldn't pay me. Are it you was... kidding me? Why okay, I so watch I watched it on Halloween. Uh, we were going to do content. I remember how I promised people that the, the nurse and I were going to do content on it. Yes. Um, We're not going to be doing content. <laughs> we, no. We dabbled a little bit, and she looked at me and said, I really don't want to do a show on this. And I said, I don't either. So then we stopped. So, um, Isn't it choose your own adventure it style? Is, it is. It is. Well, it's how not... does that work? It just freezes and gives you options? It stops. It's like, it's like you know, it'll be Biggie, Kofi, and, and, and Xavier. And they're like, 
So should we go in the basement or go upstairs? And then it stops and it says basement or upstairs. And then you choose basement or upstairs. And then it goes to the next scene. Um, For God's sake. But uh, we, it, it's like 30 minutes long. We did a bunch of the choices and it didn't seem like the choices really mattered all that much. Oh. At the end. You know what I mean? There was like gonna, little stuff that was different. But I think, right. you're, yeah, I, I don't think the, the adventure really changes too much. So, Right. Hmm. It did. It didn't. It did include the Undertaker with a very, very, very bad wig at one point, uh, and then the next scene he was bald again. So uh, that was at least fun. So remember when I was a kid, those choose your adventure books, like they would end in death if you picked the wrong panel mm-hmm, a lot of the mm-hmm. time. It would be brutal. It'd be like, yeah, do you want to fight the dragon or do you want to hide behind a rock? And you'd be like, I want to fight the dragon, and it would be like you'd go to that page, flip to page one hundred eighty-two, and you're like, oh, I can't yeah. be good. <laughs> like, there's so not you flip much over there. And <laughs> it's it like says, the second to last page. You're like, oh, that can't be good. The dragon has killed you. Uh, yeah. Your adventure is over, you know, and then you're, you're like, well, you know, that sucked. You know, so I guess this one, they don't like choose go up in the attic and then like the New Day dies. Like, yeah, I, as far as I could tell it, or maybe I just chose the right path, but uh, the New Day survived in my path and uh, defeated okay. the Undertaker. And, and the Undertaker did not kill the New no, Day. No, no, they retrieved the urn. Um, so that's oh, what they're. Okay, all right. They were trying oh, we're to going get the back urn. to the urn, huh? Yes, yeah, 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 of course. All right. 1992, all over again. Going back to the urn. How can you listen? IP wheel. IP wheel. Here's the problem. Kama Mustafa melted down that urn into a gold chain. He did. Yes, yes. I mean, so I had another friend that was over while we were watching this. And she kept asking questions about the urn, and we kept making like urn jokes the entire time about like uh, and, and and yeah, that was brought up is that uh, Kama Mustafa used it as a gold chain at one point, and that uh, yeah, because she said, well, what's in the urn? I said, well, smoke. Uh, light, uh, it has been melted. Like I just, yeah, I was just, and then yeah. she just looked at me like, "What are you talking about?" And I was like, "Yeah." I don't know. It was one of those moments again where you're just kind of embarrassed. Yeah, it's so embarrassing. Like she, it's, you can tell that she's just like, "I'm not sleeping with you anytime in the next few days." And you're like, "Yeah, I get that. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> That's... yeah. Like, I accept that. I yeah, accept yeah. That. No, green smoke comes out of the urn because uh, one time uh, the Undertaker, the the, the urn got uh, you know knocked down and then green smoke came out of it. So. Well, I she's mean, like, cool, I'm going to bed. I'm like, all right, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's... Yeah, it's like they want to know, but then when you start explaining, they don't want yeah, to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I kept explaining, and I kept going on, and she's like, okay, I, I got it, I got it. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, well, it's uh, SummerSlam 1996. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> Paul Bear right. hit the Undertaker with the urn and then put a dent in it. And she's like, okay, I, I don't care anymore. That's... And now you're no better than a Wikipedia editor. Yeah, exactly. You're just, right, right, you're just right. useless facts that no one cares about. Um, Creatures yeah. of the Night, you know, didn't want the combo to... Make it into a gold chain and stuff. So. Well, he did make it into a gold he chain. He did. Yeah, he did. He was wearing that thing around his neck. Mm-hmm. So, which ang- the Undertaker wasn't pleased about He was that. none too pleased about that, no. You know, um, on MLW, this on MLW Fusion Alpha number seven Yeah. this week. In the company uh, where the world never stops. Oh, by the way, uh, real quickly, yeah. I-, I did note this. <clears throat> I just saw this on, uh, on on Twitter. I thought I was going to break in, but we were talking about something else. Uh <clears throat> Let me get it, the exact wording here for you. Speaking of the world of MLW, big big things. Well, the world of MLW never stops. And it doesn't. Uh, Court Bauer, quote, just wrapped up a key meeting as we map out a bigger 2022 for MLW. Time to pump this damn thing up. So key meeting. Not as get ready. Meeting. A key meeting as they're getting ready to pump this damn thing up, Joe. So uh, oh, whatever you're going to tell me now, just assume that that, that roadmap, that map, it's going to get pumped the damn up. In uh, the rest wait. of 2022. So. As Shining Wizard points out, Vice TV's MLW, correct? Yes. Yeah, well, you know. For, for Fightland, at least. For one hour. <laughs> um, on this week's MLW Fusion Alpha number seven, yep. there was a coffin match. 
Ooh. Between Mil Muertes and Filthy Tom Lawlar. Now, <laughs> Katrina Perez. Are you actually calling him Lawlar on, on the t- TV reviews? What are you talking about? It's his name. <laughs> Filthy Tom Lawlar. So, Katrina Perez has a novelty Halloween skull that she carries around. <laughs> and this powers up Mil Muertes. Like, every time yeah. All right. Filthy Tom was making, like, a comeback, like, she would hold this... She would hold up this novelty Halloween skull. <laughs> Are we talking like Spirit Halloween, like clearance rack at Rich, Walgreens? We are that like dollar dollar store novelty Halloween skull. <laughs> like it's not even a good prop. It's it's awful. Like I just put it back in my garage after after having it you out of my put porch. It back in yes. your garage. In fact, you may have just thrown it in the garbage. But yeah. So she she has this novelty Halloween skull. That she holds up like like the Undertaker's urn, and this power is Mil Mortez, who, by the way, he put on a few uh, pandemic pounds. Mil Mortez, yeah, he's rocking the oh the yeah. COVID nineteen, little COVID nineteen for, uh, oh, for yeah. Mil Mortez. Oh yeah, he's not moving around real too too good either. Mil Mortez, this match was atrocious. Uh, he is he is not. Um, yeah, he's uh, now look, he's not he's no spring chicken to begin with. The Mil Mortez, okay, he's not exactly you know. Uh, Trey Baxter. <laughs> yeah, he's no Trey Baxter. Yeah. So this was pretty bad. But that was the uh that was the filthy Tom Lawlar write off because uh he's done. So he's done all of his jobs. And now he's been stuffed into a coffin. So for a full review, five dollar tier, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling, uh Thursday TV reviews. We do dynamite, do MLW Fusion Alpha every week. You know the alpha's in all caps, Rich. I have seen so, that. Yeah, yeah, all, all caps. Yeah. So, yeah, it's actually not that bad. But what? Look, I know that they're about to do supernatural shit, so I'm just warning people. The moment they do, I'm out. You're out. That's yeah, it. I'm yeah, done. yeah. The, the 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 novelty Halloween skull was really getting close, but it didn't have any lasers coming out of the eyes, or you know, it wasn't like super over the top yet. But um, but I know that it's coming, so I'm just warning people. That the the MLW Fusion Alpha reviews are going to stop at that point. Maybe I'll add something in. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I'm not doing I'm not doing Lucha Underground all over again. I can't do it. Yeah, that, you've you've done that one time, and you're still uh, still upset about it. All these years yeah. later, the Lucha Underground right. days. But uh, anyway, that is that. Those are the WWE releases. Those are WWE Q3, where they uh, again announced uh, revenues of 256 million dollars this quarter. So. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's get to some other topics. Before we do that, though, Joe, I do want to let you know that this week's episode of the Flagship Podcast is sponsored by our friends at My Booking. We've talked about a bunch of free bets that you could have made. You could have, I, I don't know how many points you'd be up if you did all these free bets. You'd be doing quite well, but when it comes to gambling, you always want to make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck, and that is why you should bet with my book again bang for your buck free money a lot of times during these weeks incredible stuff here at my book you can bet on all of your favorite sports with exclusive promotions contests and more to find your winning bet right now when you make your first deposit with my bookie you'll instantly receive double that first deposit you can use those extra funds to bet on this week's big games uh Good stuff in the NFL, as you said. NBA is, is going off nice and, and really good season there. NHL, some great stuff on the NHL. Uh, baseball, you're done, unfortunately. No more baseball, but I guess you can get your your, your futures bets for, for next season in if you want. But uh, plenty of big stuff uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, college football, NFL, NHL, NBA, all other stuff is available 
uh, for you too. But this promotion is only available for a limited time, so you do not want to miss out. You head out to mybookie.ag. Again, it's mybookie.ag and use the promo code VOICES to secure your double deposit bonus today. Again, it's promo code VOICES. You can double your funds to double your winnings. Again, if you put $100 in, they'll put $100 in. You put $5 in, they'll put $5 in. They will double your first deposit up to $1,000 with that promo code Voices at mybookie.ag. Again, the promo code is Voices. Double your first deposit up to $1,000. Promo code Voices, mybookie.ag. And you know, Glover Teixeira came through last week. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna talk about that. What's so that ended up working? You, you recommended if, if, if for people that did not listen last week, they did. Uh, uh, my bookie did one of those free bets where essentially it was like you were gonna no matter what get your money back, right? If you bet on it was risk, it was risk free, risk free. So bucks. yeah, there was fighter A, I forget, and then Glover Teixeira, or whatever, whoever, fighter A and fighter B, and, and no matter who you bet on, that person. Uh, if they lost, you were going to get your money back. And if that person won, well, you got that money as well. You won. You know, you won. They can't take that away from you. So that was pretty cool. And, yeah, the, the underdog won then, right? Big underdog. Yeah, the only way – like, if you were going to bet that, you have to bet on the underdog. There's no reason not to. And he ended up coming through. Whoops. So. Wow. That would have been a $250 profit for anybody. Not who, bad. Not bad. Yeah. You put a, good, yeah. That's not bad at all. <laughs> that's pretty good. So uh, I don't know. I don't know when the next free bet they're going to do, but those things are always great. Always keep an eye out uh, – uh, for that, so um, always great stuff at my bookie, mybookie.ag. Promo code Voices. All right, let's uh, let's quickly talk about the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. There, you had uh, mentioned there Patreon.com/slash Voices of Wrestling. I have on the five dollar tier uh, an introduction and a primer to the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame for people that uh, want to get a little bit of uh, of understanding of what the Hall of Fame is all about, and uh, and 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 you know the history of the Hall of Fame, how you can get voted in, who's eligible. Previous inductees, all that other stuff. Uh, the big thing, though, we talked about is people that got added to the ballot. But I did want to do it a little bit here uh, as well because I think it's interesting for us to discuss. Uh, moving forward, though, the rest of the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame audio will be on Patreon.com. So Voices of Wrestling, uh, the flagship Patreon. Not much else is going to be done on this show because in prior years we used to do a lot of it on the show and we heard from many people that said I really honestly don't care all that much about the Hall of Fame but then when we put it when we came up with the Patreon we put it on there those people ate it up and loved it so so we we found out okay if we're going to do Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame stuff the Patreon is the best place to put that so that will all be on the $5 tier as I said the intro and the primer that is up right now we will have other stuff I don't know what exactly we're going to do we're going to try to figure that out but we will have additional content over the next month about the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, but that will all be done on patreon.com slash voices wrestling. Today we'll talk a little bit about it. Maybe we'll talk about it when they actually announce who's going to go in, but um, as far as other additional uh, Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame content, that will all be on the Patreon. So the flagship Patreon, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. But uh, we both got our ballots. We're we're both voters. We got our ballots yet again. I know many other people, um, um, a few people listen to the show. They got their ballots. Presumably everybody got them. Everybody that's going to get them got them this year. Uh, and I thought this was a very, very interesting ballot for a lot of reasons. So, Joe, do you want me to uh, to list who's new on the ballot, or how do, how do you want me to tack this? I have I have notes on on any possible direction uh, you want to go with this wrestling was a Hall of Fame content. Uh, as far as what we're doing tonight, yeah, yeah. No, I want yeah, I want to map out our entire month of content on the air here, if we could. So, oh, okay. I want you to All call right. people, see who wants to be a guest. You know, that's. I'm sure we'll do at least a couple of shows sure. on a couple of categories. Uh, we might have a Japan show in the works already, right? Yep. Mm-hmm, with a, mm-hmm. with a potential talk guest to, Talk to someone who's who's down and ready to go. So, yeah, we'll have, at least definitely have Japan. Uh, we, we'll never have issues finding any modern U.S. And, and, and Canada person, so we'll find that. 
we have a good stable of Mexico uh, uh, people to talk to as well, so we'll try to get that done too because that's always yeah, a very interesting category. Yeah, we try to category. rotate. We, don't, we try not to do the same people two years in a row because you want to get different perspectives and whatnot. So, you know, we'll try to find some people who haven't done specific categories in a few years and and try to work them in. You know, maybe we'll do a couple just me and you. Who knows? But uh, we may not get to every single category. But Yeah, unfortunately, historical, rest of the world, and Europe, uh, you guys might not uh... – not get specific shows, but I mean, uh, sometimes we do those. Sometimes we don't, you know, we'll see, but uh, I'm sure we'll have some shows um, behind the paywall. Uh, like we said, the Japan one is kind of in the works already. And um, you know, there's a lot of new candidates on this ballot. Yeah. So, I, let, let's talk about those ones uh, first and foremost. So uh, real quickly last year, uh, Junakiyama, Kenny Omega got in from the Japan region. Yeah. Uh, those are two pretty big ones. Uh, Karloff Lagarde uh, got in from the Mexico uh, and then the uh, the medical assassin, Mediso Asasino, I believe is how you pronounce it. I don't know. I might be saying that wrong. I'm sure, I'm saying it wrong. He got in uh, as well. So um, let's talk about the people who did get in, though, uh, or, or, or sorry, who are new to the ballot this year, uh, I should say. So it's a very it's a very extensive list and some very interesting names as well that really kind of make you either feel old or feel like, oh, wow, we're, we're here already. Uh, for the Mexico region, I'll give, I'll give quick thoughts. Yeah, give pithy the, thoughts about all all, all the people. Yeah, I, I did. I gave very very pithy thoughts on on the Patreon, but uh, because mostly we're going to get to a lot of these people uh, later on in our additional shows. But uh, the AAA La Parca, so not the WCW La Parca, not LA Park. This is the AAA La Parca, the one who recently passed away uh, as well. I think in the last year or two, he passed away after a, a, a match. So uh, this is the AAA La Parca that is now in the ballot. Princess. It's a style. Um, probably not a Hall of Famer. Had a couple big years, uh, but I can't see it. I, I can't see. Yeah, it. he's he's a tough one because there there's there are people that will point to his drawing and say like, no, this guy is is, is the real deal. This guy is a good one. It. I don't know enough about Mexico to really say. I don't vote in the Mexico region. Uh, to me, it just feels a little weird to like to be like, "Hey, I'm this guy," and like I, I don't know. Were people buying tickets thinking it was La Parca and it's this La Parca? You know what I mean? Like that feels kind of strange and icky. I, I mean, I, I could totally see some people voting for him thinking he's L.A. Park. Well, that is for sure going to happen for sure. But it does say La Parca AAA version on the ballot. Um, this is the guy that passed away a year ago or whatever it was. I actually saw him almost die in a match live right in front of my eyes. Um, and the ambulance had to come and they had to resuscitate him right then and there. And that was terrifying. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he definitely, you know, and the feud with, with LA park was a big feud. So, you know, I, I don't think he's a guy who like doesn't belong on the ballot, but um, Mexico voters tend to be very hard markers. I don't see him getting in. Uh, from the modern U.S. and Canada, Bill Dundee. Bill Dundee from the modern U.S. and Canada region. He had to have been on it at some point. Right? The, I was looking, and for some reason he was not. So I don't know if that Dave it's just crazy. forgot or whatever. But, yeah, I was. I that was the first question I had is there's no way this is Bill Dundee's first time on the ballot. Apparently this is Bill Dundee's first time on the ballot. So I mean, if you really dig into Bill Dundee, you're probably going to find some shocking attendance numbers. But then the question becomes, was that all Jerry Lawler? You know, what did he draw on his own uh, away from Jerry Lawler? Because, you know, he had tons of big matches with Jerry Lawler. Mm-hmm. Um, 
then you have to consider or you Sir William, you got to consider the Sir William run, of course. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, if you'd like. Um, but no, you'd have to consider a lot of his, you know, he booked Mid-South for a while. Right, he obviously right, right. was an off key office guy in, in some different territories. So you're probably going to want to consider that. Um, I don't want to go too deep on any of these guys because we're just kind of going through, and we'll do that when we do the shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Bill Dundee probably has a better Hall of Fame resume than you would think. I would have thought he had been on the ballot already, honestly. But um, he's he's a guy who, if he hasn't been on the ballot, then that's that's an oversight. He should have at least been up for debate at some point. But I guess he is now. Yeah, I'll, I'll double check when we do our show. But as far as I could tell from my research, this would be the first time of him. On the ballot, which again seems very, very strange, but um, yeah, there you go. Uh, real quickly, historical U.S. and Canada, two uh, or three uh, uh, people here, th- or sorry, four total, uh, one tag team, two uh, singles. Uh, yeah, Bobby Davis as a non wrestler, I don't know anything about Bobby Davis. Um, okay, that's a manager, um, uh, pioneer type manager, mm-hmm. I believe, from your neck of the woods, the Midwest. So, okay, oh, I didn't, yeah, all right, I'll have to, I'll, I'll, I'll have to jump in a little bit and see. Uh, anything about yeah. him, but I, as far as I know, I don't know too much about uh, Bobby Davis. Uh, Buddy Colt, uh, historical U.S. and Canada. I know nothing about Bobby Colt, unfortunately. And who else? Uh, and then the other one is going to be uh, uh, Buddy Roberts and Jerry Brown, the Hollywood Blondes. The oh, original yeah. Hollywood okay. Blondes. Yeah. The original Hollywood Blondes. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they were together long enough or or drew enough money on top. I'd really have to look at that. I think Bobby Davis may have died recently he did he died in uh, july so that that is probably why he's oh, here as well so. okay well that makes sense so he's back in people's um you know front of mind for people and i guess people asked dave to put him back on the ballot so um i don't know a ton about bobby davis either I'll, i just know who he is and 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 you know the, the bare bones basics i'd really have to look into him um and the Hollywood Blondes. But see, the thing is, a lot of tag teams didn't stay together super long. So I don't know if you would hold that against them. But um, I'd have to see what their drawing record looks like and all that. Yeah. Uh, modern U.S. and Canada, I can't believe we're here. Charlotte Flair, eligible for the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't think he has any kind of Hall of Fame case no, at all. No, no, no. I mean, I'm, an, I'm an easy no I, I, as well. But. I don't see any evidence she's any kind of Hall of Fame level draw. Um, kayfabe yeah kayfabe wise yes because she's one of the most accomplished women's wrestlers ever but uh, as far as for the wrestling observer hall of fame not it's pretty tough to to find anything for her no i mean you know she'll be a wwe hall of famer without question because she's got all those kayfabe titles and everything but um i I just (laughs) i don't see a case at all like i just i don't i just don't see it i mean you know, is she a Hall of Fame level wrestler? No. Is she a Hall of Fame level draw? No. I mean, I've mocked her because, like, her biggest claim to fame is like popping an NXT quarter hour by seven thousand viewers. I, you know, call her Charlotte Seven Thousand. You know, um, it, it, the Evolution pay per view didn't even sell out the building. I mean, it drew a nice house, but it didn't even sell out the building. Right. And Ronda Rousey was on that um, card, by the way. Too. I mean, and, most yeah, of the stuff I, you can point to is Ronda Rousey. But Right. I mean, so I just, man, I just don't, 
I don't see a case at all for Charlotte. I yeah, I'll be interested to see anybody who wants to make that case. Uh, it'd you know, be very going to say the four horse women changed women's wrestling. Right, 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 right. But I mean, I'd like to give that a chance to breathe too, because NXT 2.0 right now, this second in 2021, is built on TNA, right, and not Impact Wrestling TNA, tits and ass TNA. I mean, that's the strategy in NXT 2.0 right now today. So I'd like to give the 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 horsewomen and the women's revolution thing a little chance to breathe too before I start um, putting these people in a historical hall of fame for changing the way that Vince McMahon looks at women's wrestling. Because are we sure that that's the case? I mean, this is only, what, five, six years in? And we're already switching course in developmental? You know, I mean, that's fair to say, right? I mean, I'm not. No, it's it's definitely, yeah, it's pretty glaring right now that, that you know, in one breath they can talk about the women's revolution, all that sort of stuff. And then, you know, on, on NXT, like you said, it's it's firing all the women's wrestlers and now it's toxic attraction and Mandy Rose is your top champion and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's definitely a, uh, a bizarre um, um, dichotomy, I should say, between the companies. So, so and I mean, you know, and, and again, I don't think Charlotte ticks the Hall of Fame box. With either, you know, she's not a Hall of Fame draw. She's not no, not the wrestler. work either. There's definitely so, not there either. So yeah, so I can't see. No, I I won't take her seriously as a candidate. No. Uh, a few other names, real quick. Uh, Darrell Dixon from Mexico. Uh, we we've had discussions about him at one point. I forget if it was uh, Ricardo or a Cubs fan who who brought him up a couple years ago. But Dave has been uh, very adamant about trying to get him on the ballot uh, as well in the Mexico region. So he is he is there now. Uh, and John Torres, who I believe is from Spain. I believe he's a, a, a wrestling manager out of Spain. Uh, but I do not know anything about John Torres, unfortunately. Uh, who else? Uh, John Moxley, modern U.S. and Canada. Uh, he's, uh, you know, a name obviously that's that's relevant. Obviously, this week, of of course, for all the wrong reasons or, or some pretty unfortunate reasons. Um, I guess I suppose it depends how you look at at, at the story. The good is that uh, you know address a problem in his life and and is looking to fix it. But obviously, uh, a, a very. Uh, you know, interesting story this week for for John Moxley. But uh, yeah, as far as as Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame uh, candidacy, I I just I don't see it from John Moxley. I'm not voting for him. Yeah, I, I think he um, he, I, I he strikes he's, me as a guy who's going to fall off the ballot. People are going to kind of make a big deal about him falling off the ballot, and it's it's fine. You know, he, I mean, you don't you won't ha- you're not enjoying him less. You know, you don't like you know a John Moxley can come out and be awesome and be great or whatever, and that doesn't make that that can you can do that and also not be a Wrestling Observer Hall of Famer. It's it's fine, but he is I, I in no Universal Hall of Famer. I don't know. I just I don't think he's a Hall of Famer right now. I think he's on the Hall of Fame trajectory, but do I think he's a Hall of Famer right this second? I don't. Um, the Shield obviously was a big deal uh, in an era where it's tough to be a big deal in that company, and I do believe he's a, he's been a difference maker for AEW, a huge difference maker. I think he's a very important piece that they got at the start, and um, I don't know if they're the same company without him. Um, he did some nice work in New Japan, but I don't know if necessarily he's like any kind of Hall of Fame draw in Japan. I I would say not. Um, he's doing some things on the indies now for Game Changer and popping some big houses. Look, he's a guy who I would talk about him in 10 years. I don't want to talk about John Moxley right now for the Hall of Fame. I just I wouldn't vote for him today. No, it's it seems weird. And it seems all too soon. Like he's a guy in 10 years I'd, I'd like to rediscuss. But right now he's an easy, easy. He's note. right smack dab in the middle of his best run. Like, right. Why are we doing this? You know, I understand the criteria, 35 years old, 15 years, but I don't want to talk about John Moxley for a historical wrestling hall of fame 
when he's smack dab in the middle of his prime. I, I it, it seems silly to me. So I won't even consider voting for him. Uh, Katsuri Shibata out of Japan. That's a, a, a an interesting one. He is not a Hall of Famer either. I love no. Shibata. Love Shibata. He's not a Hall of Famer in any any no. way, shape. Or See, form. this is where we always sound grumpy because I'm a hard marker. <laughs> right. Well, I always say that I'm not a hard marker. And then I went back through my last. I voted like two people in Japan over the last two years. Junakiyama and Shima. Like it always. Like you always. I'm always like, ah, oh, you know, I'll think about it or whatever. And then I never vote for anybody. And you're like, ah, no, fuck this guy. I'm not voting for him either. But in the end, we like vote for the same amount of people every year. But you like approach it in the nah, nah, nah. And I approach it, and the, eh, you know, I'll give it a thought. And like, my thought is no, <laughs> you know what I mean. But I gave it thought. I gave it thought. So I mean, what makes Shibata a Hall of Famer? He starts his career in New Japan. He gets out of Dodge. They try to market him, or they were going to push him as the top guy in Big Mouth Loud. Big Mouth Loud didn't work. It folded. Um. Then he leaves pro wrestling altogether for MMA. So there's that seven year period or whatever, which doesn't where he's just not even a wrestler anymore. He comes back to new Japan in 2012, 2012, right? Yeah. 2012. And yeah, he was a key name in new Japan. Um, you know, blowing up during that decade long period, the Kadani era, so to speak. And it was Kadani who brought him back. Much, you know, against the wishes of a lot of the locker. Oh, yes. We, we've talked about that. I've talked about that on different Patreon shows. I mean, if, if you think that that, I mean, that we talked about at the time during the show. And uh, when we were, I think we were doing the show then at that time. Yeah. And that was a big controversy that this dude basically brought these guys in through a back door, <laughs> you know, literal back door, didn't tell anybody and debuted them. And everybody was just like, what the fuck are you doing, man? And it was a big controversy. Like they stripped Kadani of a lot of power for a while. Like it was a big, big deal. That and ended up working obviously for Shibata's side, it, but it uh, ended up Kadani ended up being right, yeah, because Shibata ended up working out in the end. And but a lot of the locker room was put off by it at the time because the idea was Shibata abandoned the company when they were at their lowest, and you know, during the dark days. And here's this guy just moonwalking back in after he failed in MMA and didn't make it, and now we're just gonna let him moonwalk back in when the going's good. You know, and there was a lot of offense taken to that, and he really had to earn his way back in with the veterans, with Tanahashi and some oh, of the other veterans. Those Tanahashi quotes, remember from his book? I mean, that was a dude that yeah. was, yeah, essentially, this guy's got to prove to me that he's not an asshole because fuck him, I'm, I'm never going to trust him ever again type thing. It was, yeah, I'm paraphrasing there, but it was essentially just, I don't trust this guy, I don't trust him, I don't believe in him, I don't, you know, it, 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 it's pretty wild. And those stiff matches that Tanahashi had with him yeah. early on, you know, and, and, uh, but if it all worked out eventually, but remember, they were still very hesitant to give him a contract for a long time, mm-hmm. and they made him work as a freelancer for and 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 really prove himself, and he did, and eventually he got the contract, and then unfortunately, that's when he had the match with Okada, and was forced to retire. He was on his way to a mega push, and that's when that all happened. But when you look at his career. He has in no way had a Hall of Fame career. I, I love Shibata. I, I, would, I, I want the guy to come back. He's one of my favorite wrestlers. He really won me over during that period like he did everybody else. But, I mean, the real, the, the you know, he wasn't a main eventer during that run. I mean, he had a couple, you know, the Okada match, obviously, and maybe some G1 main events here or there. But he really wasn't a, even a main event guy from 2012 to 2016. And 
he didn't have anywhere close to a main event career prior to that. I mean, the one time he was given a chance to be an ace, the company folded. So as much as I love his work and and I, I think so much of the guy as a wrestler, we're talking about a Hall of Fame here. And this is where we always sound grumpy. But I have high standards with my vote. I, I'm a small hall guy. I'm not in favor of just putting everybody in. Yeah, you and I, and, I think, both want it to be the best of the best. Like, really, when you look yeah. at that list, that is the preeminent. These are the greatest wrestlers that have ever stepped foot in a wrestling ring or greatest people that have ever been involved in pro wrestling. And and while I love Shabbat, I, I, I don't think, unfortunately, he belongs in that. Uh, I mean, quite honestly, I'm not even sure why he's on the ballot. I mean, why is he on this ballot? Yeah, he seems like one that I, I, I would probably, if I'm Dave, because Dave, I mean, obviously a lot of people are eligible, and, and he picks the ones that you know deserve to be on there, and, and, and Shabbat is a tough one. I, I really do not think that he... Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't see any way that I would vote. Unless you Shabbat. really just think that his work alone is, and I don't, I don't think there's enough of the work. I, I, lo- I, I mean, again, love his matches, love his matches. There's not enough work alone to, to put Even if there. it was, we're talking about a guy who had four years of great work. I mean, when he his first run in New Japan, he was he was fine, and then the Big Mouth Loud stuff is okay. Then he didn't wrestle for seven years. Right. So what are we doing here? No, I don't see it. Now he comes back and becomes a top guy, and then draws some money, and is still the same level of worker. Let's talk in five years. But I don't want to. This guy's not a Hall of Famer right now, or I I can't. I mean. I didn't vote for Tetsuya Naito last year. I'm going to vote for this guy. Right. I haven't voted for Kenny Omega the last two years. Obviously, he's in now, but uh, yeah. yeah. So, no, I no, he's not a Hall of Famer. Who's uh, a guy that is a Hall of Famer. I will absolutely be voting for this guy, and he probably should get unanimous. He won't get unanimous, but uh, Dave even on his audio today said that he's one of the best candidates that's ever entered the ballot. Kazushiko Okada in Japan. I mean, he's right. I mean, what are we doing? Next question. <laughs> yeah, it's just an absolute no doubt. There's any, no reason that to vote. Right. No, Work, vote draw, no. influence. It's yeah. What are we doing? This is an all-time great. Yeah. I mean, what are we doing? Yeah, he should no get 100. percent He won't get 100. percent Obviously, won't. yeah. He I don't think he'll break Kenta Kobashi. I think Kenta Kobashi got it with like 95 percent of the vote or whatever. I do have an article that I'm going to go uh, through. Kobashi had 98 percent. 98 percent. Yeah, I have an article. I'm going to go through all the top uh, uh, vote getters. Every single uh, like the all-time, all-time greats, the no doubt Hall of Famers that were just, just yeah. And and he belongs in that list. He'll probably not get. He'll probably get like 81 percent or something like that. But I would be absolutely floored if he doesn't go in. I mean, David. But if you if you look at Kenta Kobashi's career, the day he went on the ballot and what he had done to that point. And you look at Okada's career, the day he went on the ballot and what he did to that point, it's not even close. And I think because people just think, oh, Kenta Kabashi, well, of course, right? But he did – Kenta Kabashi had a whole career after he – Right, yeah. For, for those that don't know, when he was on the ballot, that is prior to his GC, GHC title run, which was arguably you know, the most successful run of his entire career is that Noah run that, that as champion. So that's before that run. I mean, obviously, he was a no-doubter then. He was even more of a no-doubter afterwards. But, yeah, you're talking about a big, successful run that he had after he got voted in as one of the biggest all-time. Yeah, so, I mean, there's going to be people who don't vote for Okada because there's always strategic voting. There's going to be people who figure, all right, well, Okada's getting in. So I'm not going to waste one of my 10 votes on him because there's 10 other people I want to vote for. I understand that, but I disagree with it. I, but I can't tell anyone else how to operate their ballot. Me, I take the 10 – I've never voted for 10 people because I'm a very conservative voter. But if if I felt that there were 
13 deserving people on the ballot, I would vote for the 10 best of those 13. That's how I handle my ballot. But I can't tell other people how they should operate. But some people operate their ballot strategically. I want to vote for this person. Sometimes people vote for people that they don't even – that they're not even sure whether they should be in or not. But they vote for them to try to keep them over the 10% just so they can keep researching them. There's people who do that too. And I am just against all forms of strategic voting. I don't like any of those games. I say vote for the 10 best people on the ballot. And if you don't think there's 10 Hall of Famers on the ballot, then vote for the six people that you think are Hall of Famers or whatever the the, the case may be. I don't vote to keep people over 10%. I don't vote. I don't not vote for people because I feel like they don't need my vote. I don't do any of that stuff. And And I disagree with it. I don't think that's the spirit of the ballot. I think the proper spirit of the ballot is here are my top 10. These are the 10 I'm voting for. But that's why Okada, like you're saying, he's going to get like 82% or something. And then you're just going to have stupid people who don't vote for him because they don't think he's a whole. <laughs> right. And those people should too. probably lose their ballots, to be honest. Like, I mean, there's just, it's just the most no doubter. If you're voting in the Japan region and you don't vote for Okada, just you're done. You're done. Dave should take your ballot away. It's just. Well, I mean, what more do you need? <laughs> this is the best. Like, like Dave, Dave, I don't know. Like the best since 1997, when he first started taking votes for this, there is net, there is nobody that has the resume that this guy has. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to go back and look to see if I agree with that, but it's, it's, it's probably true. Yeah. He's just so much of a no doubter, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll end up seeing, it. I mean, I, he's going to go in. I, I, I'm, I'm very certain in. of that, yeah, that he's going he's in, getting but in. yeah. The, 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 what will be fun now is is what percentages it, it takes for him to get in. But yeah, this is Derek Jeter. What's the percentage going to be? Yeah, right, right, right. I mean that that's what we're dealing with here. Uh, real quickly, some of these other names here: uh, Leonge Blanc, rest of the world. I believe that is a French man. I would assume Leonge Blanc was a French well, man. I can tell you a whole lot about him. Yeah. So no. Oh, no, <laughs> Francisco no, I Pino, I think is his name. So Rich, I was like, Rich wow. Blanc, I thought I was kind of surprised. I was like, oh, okay, like. Rich is settling in for some I was like, French catch? Is he a French catch guy? Where, where, you know, where, where's his... Uh, yeah, I don't know anything about Leon Blanc. Rich is like, all right, Joe coming through in the clutch. <laughs> yeah, I was really kind of assuming that nothing would happen with that segment. There you go. Uh, from Mexico, you have the Sin Caris, uh, Mascarita Ano uh, 2000, Universo 2000 uh, trio. Uh, they're Dynamite going in there. Brothers. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Dynamite Brothers going in uh, in the Mexico region, or at least uh, up on the ballot in the Mexico region. Uh, Japan as well, Naomichi Marafuji. Uh, and then one more, and then we'll do Japan, and then we'll kind of talk about those two guys. Uh, Takashi Segura also uh, up uh, in this year's ballot. So Marafuji and Segura, two interesting uh, uh, names from your your peak uh, days of, of Noah fandom now on the ballot here. So I won't vote for either one of them. Um, I don't mind them being on the ballot, though. Marafuji's probably had a better career than people think. Yeah. Um, you know, he's not always been the half-motivated physically broken down kind of lazy guy that you see today. Um, he really was a dynamic and innovative worker when he was a young wrestler. I think if people go back and watch the Kenta Fuji tag team, that a lot of people may be surprised that Mara Fuji was the more polished of the two and the better worker. Kenta had all the fire and you could see that Kenta was going to be something, but you know, during the, the heart of that tag team, 2003, 2004, you know, Marafuji was really the more polished wrestler by that point, and Kento still had uh, some growth uh, to go through. 
And Marafuji was the one. Now, a lot of this was because he was Misawa's boy. I mean, he was Misawa's pet project and young boy and all that. But Marafuji was the one that they went with when they decided to push the smaller wrestlers and give it a go. It was Marafuji that that got the call, um, you know, to hold the title and all of that and not Kenta. Um, And a lot of that, there was some politics involved with the relationship between Misawa and and Marafuji. But it's also because Marafuji was the more polished wrestler and did develop uh, faster than Kenta did. Um, But Kenta and Marafuji are one of the greatest tag teams, in my view, of all time, um, at minimum of that era. They're arguably the greatest junior tag team of all time. Uh, Marafuji has a pretty deep resume of great, not very good, not excellent, but great singles matches uh, when he was in his prime. So he probably has a better resume than people think, but I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, Takashi Segura, love him. Love watching him to this day. We're going to talk about a match he just had this week, later on on this show. Um, he, he's seemingly ageless. He's pushing 50, and he's still just as good as he always was. Love the guy. Uh, not Very few wrestlers I've ever liked watching more in my life than Takashi Segura. Takashi Segura is not a Hall of Famer. And quite honestly, he's not even close to a Hall of Famer. Um, yes, he's been a top guy in Noah, but always when Noah has been super, super down. Um, his top runs have drawn better than some of the top runs of other guys that Noah has tried in you know the down years. But nothing that – laughable drawing resume for when you're talking about a hall of fame i mean laughable like right it has to, he has to pretty much go in on work alone he's, and and, and i think he's a, work alone. and he's a great worker but yeah i don't think i don't think work alone for him no and i i can't put him in on work alone i can't i can't do it as good as i think he is and i love his style and i love him um you know all those title reigns you know he's it, they don't amount to much when noah is basically a big indie um during most if not all of those reigns so um yeah, no, he's not a Hall of Famer, but I, I appreciate that he's on the back. Yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll be fun to at least, and and, and maybe uh, I, I I think I have a feeling that uh, the person we're going to bring on for Japan might make a strong case for Segura uh, in the Hall of Fame, and that will make for some fun audio. So uh, I think you might be surprised because I saw that person make a stronger case. I, I saw that person already make a case that Marafuji has a stronger resume than Segura. Interesting. Okay, well, we'll find out. Maybe we'll, we'll find out. That'd be fun. Uh, so anyway, uh, modern U.S. and Canada, Nikki Bella. I'm just going to move on. Uh, I don't think there's any point in us discussing that I, any further. I, I don't see it whatsoever. You know, someone made a good point. Why isn't Brie Bella on there? On there yeah, I don't know why Nikki got in. Yeah, twins. That's bullshit. Yeah. I mean, I guess Nikki technically is the slightly better wrestler. Right? But Sure. <laughs> yeah. But, neither, but it's not like Nikki Bella is going to get in on her work. So what's – like – the only right, reason they Nikki both would have dropped from Total Bellas, like yeah, why, exactly. Yeah. So why wouldn't they both be on the ballot? Yeah, like, that's why that's some real on... slight towards Brie there. Yeah, like you think I'm doing a bit, but I'm serious. Like, why <laughs> no, is no Nikki... you're right. You're not wrong. Yeah, it's very. Why strange. is it Nikki and Brie Bella? Yeah, no one's voting for Nikki Bella because she was some great wrestler. If you're voting for Nikki Bella, and why would you even do that to begin with? But if you're voting for Nikki Bella, you're voting for Nikki Bella because of Total Divas and this idea. That Total Divas helped create new fans. I think that's vastly overrated, especially when you're talking at a Hall of Fame level. I think that argument is nonsense and vastly overrated. But if you believe in that argument, then why aren't they both on the ballot? Right. Like, why is it just Nikki? That doesn't. Make any <laughs> it's so sense. strange. Yeah, it's like 
one of, voting one of the headhunters and not the other one. It's like no. Like, I think headhunter A is a hall of favor. Headhunter B though, get that, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, they're they're neck and neck. It's very strange. I what mean, are... one of them was eight a ball is a hall of favor, but skull, I'm not quite sure about. All right, so Bree was terrible pro wrestler, and Nikki was a passable. Passable, yeah. I guess that's, that's the, the difference. Only difference. There. Yeah, I guess that's the only. But difference. that doesn't like. She's not on there for her wrestling. <laughs> right, that's my right, point. right, right, yeah. But I guess she did have some main events that Bree didn't have. That's so true. They did can... push her as a hire. So I, I, I guess I get it, but it's it's still pretty strange. But again, she never drew any money as like a main event wrestler. You're putting too much thought into this. You're putting way too much thought into this. I really this. am. Yeah. I, the no. point here is she the, doesn't The answer is no. That's <laughs> that's it. Yeah. You're right. Uh, Seth Rollins is also on the ballot. <laughs> I, can't I, even, mean, I can't even get through with that. Yeah, but... I understand why he's on the ballot, but sure. I... I but he's not a Hall of Famer. No, I mean, no. there, there's no evidence. Okay, here's the thing about Seth Rollins. When he finally got the crowning achievement victory of his career, when he beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, whatever number it was in New York, and, you know, the show where Kofi won, Seth won, and Becky won. That was New York, right? Uh, whatever, whatever city. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. That was the crowning achievement. He beat Brock. That was that long arc over several years. He beats Brock clean for the title. Well, I guess he punched him in the nuts and then beat him. Well, the the <laughs> point here is... It counts all the same, yeah. He beat Brock as a babyface. Seth was the babyface. He got the big win at WrestleMania over Brock. That was the end of that arc. He was then the Beast Slayer. Remember all that shit? Okay. That's his big crowning achievement. The next night on Raw... They tell us in the first hour that they're doing Seth Rollins versus Kofi Kingston as the main event in hour three, and we're unifying the titles, right? Right after both of these two guys came off of these huge wins, Kofi beat Daniel Bryan to culminate his story. Remember, he was hot there in that build, and then Seth beats Brock, right? And they're going to wrestle each other. And that Raw tanked, and that third hour tanked in the ratings. Remember this? We talked about oh, it yeah. that week on the show. And that told me that none of those three people winning those huge matches at WrestleMania meant the thing because it, it took less than one day for people not to give a shit anymore. Because I understand that the Seth Rollins Kofi Kingston match ultimately was a bait and switch, but you didn't know that that night. Nobody knew it was going to be a bait and switch until they did the bait and switch. So you can't even blame that for the show losing viewers throughout and the third hour bombing and the show itself bombing. And I point to that night really as the start of the WWE raw rating decline. Like it's been all downhill since that night. It has not been a good run since Seth Rollins got that title. No, that, that seems, and, and whether he's directly a result of that or not, but uh, it was, it did not go well over the next, you know, two or three years for, for raw. So if you could have your crowning achievement world title win, one night and then tank raw the next night, you're not a hall of famer. And it hasn't been good for Seth, like you just said, for Seth Rollins ever since, um, you know, the fiend feud obviously was awful for everyone involved. And he's not even a headliner today. He's like an upper mid carder now doing this weird comic book. Yeah. Who knows? And they've tried, they've tried a lot with him too. They've really tried a lot with Seth Rollins and, and it, it all feels off or not at this point. He's, he's a big name and he's a star in their world, but he's not a hall of fame level pro wrestler. Um, so no, I will not vote for Seth Rollins. <laughs> and um, 
I don't even think he's on a Hall of Fame trajectory at this point. No, I don't. I don't think so either. Uh, and then real quickly, we'll go. We'll go through the rest of these names here. Um, uh, Octagon out of Mexico, Psycho Clown out of Mexico as well. Psycho so. Clown's an interesting one. He I is. mean, he he's also one where I think it's you know let's give it room to breathe, man. He's in the middle of his big run, so. Um, yeah, he could but seem like a no doubter in like three years, but right now it's just it just seems really hard to to vote him. And yeah, I mean, what you know, what if his career just falls off a cliff from here? All right, I mean, which happens very be- often in Mexico, unfortunately. Um, just it, it's kind of a, a very very familiar thing as guys go on huge runs or huge gigantic stars for a while, and then it just kind of all kind of peters out, and then they're just you know they're not <laughs> you know what I mean they're just not stars I mean, it anymore. Happens, so and not even just in Mexico. Look at Nakamura. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, right. He's in because of the advantageous time that he ended up on the ballot. And I don't think a lot of those people would vote for him today. So, you know, you got to wait it out, I think. You know, if Mystico had been on the ballot at the right time, he may have gotten in. Does anybody think he's a Hall of Famer now? I mean, I'm sure some people do. I don't. I mean, because he had a hot two or three year run. I don't think that's enough to be a Hall of Famer. You know, so, you know, it's like, let it breathe. Let's see what happens with a psycho clown before we start putting him in a hall of fame. Yeah. Uh, Octagon is a weird one. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I've always had a problem with the 35. Oh, I think it should be 40 or 45 for sure. 45. Yeah. Just, it should be 45 by 45. You have a much clearer picture and then you don't have the, the, you know, Nakamura mistake. And I didn't vote for Nakamura. I don't think you did. No, I did not. I did not. And it's like, I'm not offended that not, I'm not bothered that Nakamura is in. Like a lot of people are really bothered by the fact that Nakamura is in. I'm not. I, I I didn't vote for him, and I wouldn't vote for him now, and I don't think he'd get in if he was first appearing on the he'd – get, he'd be one of these guys with like 30% if he got on now. But th- these are just you know examples like push it to 45, and we have a much clearer picture. I, I don't want to make decisions on John Moxley and Psycho Clown right now. It, it just it feels weird to me. I was mentioning Octagon here. I'm kind of surprised Octagon's never been on the ballot before. I guess I have to double check that one too. It seems strange because he's like 60 years old or whatever. So I don't know uh, what happened there. He's a guy I don't know enough about Mexico, but he seems like a big fucking deal. He's a guy that you know I have known my entire life. I've been familiar with the mask. I've been familiar with you know a lot of the stuff. And I don't know if that's just because of matches that I watched in the early 90s or whatever. But he to me seems like a big fucking deal and has been a big deal for for many many years there. And I know he's not doing too much anymore, but. Uh, throughout the 90s and the early 2000s, I felt like one of the biggest stars in Mexico. But I, I don't know enough about him uh, to say for sure. But I um, I don't know. He, he's an interesting one that uh, I was kind of surprised he either hasn't been on the ballot before or isn't already in. I started tape trading probably right around when AAA first was blowing up, 93, 94. That's when I first started getting Mexico tapes. And that's when Octagon was a pretty big star. But he never came across to me like, a tippy top guy. He was always a satellite guy around the main events, a corner man involved in maybe a tap, but the the second guy in a, in a main event tag team, like that kind of guy, he never struck me as this, is the guy drawing all the money, even though he was one of the top guys. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. 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 Cause he, he, he's been around for a while, but yeah, I can't really point to any, like, you know, clear ideas of like oh shit like octagon was the guy that made this match a thing or made this match happen or was the main event but he always felt like he was in the mix one way or another at least involved one way or another so that makes sense what you're saying yeah but if some lucha expert can point to me to massive main events that he's had yeah i I would like to listen i mean i don't think i'm gonna vote in the region but i would at least like to hear it because he just seems like a guy that that it's kind of surprising he's not already in 
because he seems like an important figure. But but yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting case to see people make. Um, um, yeah, but it's just like unlike a lot of the Lucha guys, I I feel like I've seen his whole career and I and and I was actively following and watching him in his prime, and and to me he he doesn't strike me as a Hall of Famer. Uh, could I be swayed with some evidence? Sure, I could be swayed with evidence for, for any of these people. Yeah. Um, but no, he doesn't. As someone who did see him in his prime, he does not strike me as a Hall of Famer. Uh, here's a person that we talked about when he uh, passed away this year as well, modern U.S. and Canada, back on the ballot, Paul Orndorff. He had previously been on in 1998, uh, then also on from 2005 to 2007. And you've always used him as like a guide of, look, if Paul Orndorff can't make it to this Hall of Fame, then this guy doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. So you are obviously always, uh, are, are you going to vote for him this year now that he's back on the ballot? So Orndorff, like you said, has always been my line. Like, if we'd bring up someone like Charlotte Flair, for instance, and I would always end whatever debate we were having with, all right, come on. It, it, if Paul Orndorff isn't a Hall of Famer, why are we even talking about <laughs> right, right, right. You know, whoever the fuck? Because Paul Orndorff had this great career and drew all of this money and couldn't even stay on the ballot. Well, now I need a new example because now he's back on the ballot and I think he's going to get in. Um, so he can't be like my line in the sand of if this guy's not in, then whatever hokey person you're talking about most certainly can't be in. Um, a lot of people tell me that the audio we did on Paul Orndorff has turned them into Orndorff voters. We've heard that many times. Yeah, we have. And it's interesting because I'm still not sure if I'm a Orndorff voter. Like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm on the fence. Like, I, I, I feel like there's a lot of good arguments for Paul Orndorff. Obviously, the Hogan program. He also drew money with Flair at his peak. He also drew money with Jerry Lawler at his peak. And that's a short list of people who can say that they drew money when Jerry Lawler was in his peak, Flair was in his peak, and Hogan was in the – when all three of them were in the peak of their big money runs, he worked with all three of them. And I've had people say, oh, Randy Savage. Well, that's not true. Randy Savage didn't work with Ric Flair until 1992. That's not peak Ric Flair. Okay? And I know there were some other examples, but there's not as many as you think that worked with all three of those people on top and drew money and drew big money with them and didn't flop. So he's got that on his side. Um, I think before the arm injury, he was probably a better wrestler than he gets credit for, but I don't think he was ever, I know in real time, he was never considered one of the best wrestlers in the world, but he was a guy who, uh, who, who people respected for his work. Um, so he's a close one for me. And again, I'm a hard marker. I'm a hard marker. I've basically disregarded every one of these other new candidates with the exception of Okada. Orndorff's a guy I'm going to think on. And as of today, I'm leaning yes. But the day I send that ballot in, if, if I'm in a bad mood, I could see myself voting no on Orndorff. But right now, I'm leaning yes. Um, modern U.S. and Canada as well, non-wrestler Reggie Parks, obviously a, a, a insane lineage of great wrestling belts that Reggie Parks has done. I believe you and I will probably have a debate about this when, when we get to it, and, and we'll probably save it for, for that show uh, that we do. But uh, I am pretty confident that I will vote for Reggie Parks after seeing all the belts that he made. Uh, but I guess we'll, we'll have that argument there because you, you have long held that. Uh, and, and again, I don't, I'm just kind of assuming that, that you, that's where you stand on Reggie Parks as well, that you've kind of assumed, you know, long held that like ring announcers and, and you know, music and all those sort of things aren't as paramount to it or aren't as important or, or can't, you know, aren't, you know, aren't really worthy of, of, of quite being a Hall of Famer and yada, yada and all that sort of stuff. I'm kind of paraphrasing there, but I don't know what you think about Reggie Parks, but I think like 
seeing that list, and I think it was Conrad Thompson that that, that put out the list. Uh, it was a Twitter thread of every title belt that Reggie Parks has made, and it's like as I'm going through that list, I'm like, well, this is every title belt that I think is incredible, and every like iconic title belt in wrestling history. This motherfucker was the guy who designed it, so like, God, he he feels like he probably belongs, and I I, I personally feel that title belts are an important part of wrestling, an important part of telling the story, and the and the look of a title belt is very important in telling that story. So, uh, to me, I am going to vote for him, but uh, I'll be interested in the debate that we we probably have on that show. You really get into these contributors. You're into. Them. I do. I, I think uh, it's all part of it. It's all part of the 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 show that is pro wrestling. I think the music matters. The referees matter. I think the ring announcers matter. I think the belts matter. All that stuff matters to me. I think it all matters too. I I just I've always been of the art of the of the thought that like I don't know. It's kind of like putting in the best long snapper into the Hall of Fame. I I I, I acknowledge that it's important. But I have a problem putting a guy who made belts on the same level as Kenta Kobashi. I just I, I struggle with it. Yeah, well, I'll I, try. I'll I'll try to I'll try to sell you on it because uh... I feel like if Reggie Parks never existed, then somebody else just would have made belts, and you'd like those belts. Mm. I mean, I, I that's how I I mean I feel like oh, we're gonna, we're gonna talk. I got them ready. I got the list ready. I got the list ready. I know the I know the. Here's the thing, and and look, I'm not a belt guy. Like I don't care about belts, so that doesn't help. Like. I don't know. I've just I've I've never been into belts at that level. Like I really don't give a fuck what the belts look like. I just have never cared about that aspect of of belt. Like I think entrance music and things like that. Um, that I understand more than the belts. I I, I genuinely feel like if this guy was never born, someone else would have made the belts, and you would just love different belts. <laughs> I I don't know. That's, Winged I, Eagle, classic yeah, IC. I, I don't know. I'm not moved by it. Okay. U.S. title. W W U.S. title. No. I mean, I get it. I mean, people are into the belts. I understand why, too. Yeah. ROH I title. have never been moved by it. I don't know. GHC title. No. We'll have that discussion. Think, we'll do it. We'll do it on the show. I just think there'd be another GHC title that you would have liked, too, if you didn't <laughs> make it. I don't know. I, I, just a fucking belt, man. IWGP title, the one that Okada's walking around with right now. Yeah, I mean, I listen, Rich. Nice belt. I nice love a belt. lot of these belts. I do listen. I, <laughs> I know, love I a lot of these belts. I'm just saying, I'd probably love the other belts in some alternate universe, and I don't think they're yeah, important well, enough. A lot of other people make belts now, and they all fucking stink. So I don't know. Look at the current crop of belts out there in the world. They fucking suck. Yeah, they're bad. <laughs> right. So I'm with you. I agree. That's... Those WWE. The yeah, the fucking, the yeah, the gladiator belts, red. these big giant fucking circles, the red WWE belt. Those belts all one's fucking red and, stink. Yeah, but one is red and one is blue. So right. So you don't get confused apart. on who's on what brand except in the Charlotte Becky case. Where, But thankfully, they got that all solved. So we're good. Yeah. Would you put the best bullpen catcher in the Major League Hall of Fame? Would you do that? Maybe. I, I mean, I don't know. If he was that yeah, good. I mean, I, I mean if he I, contributed I, to I like. Mean, there's a punter in the NFL Hall. Ray yeah. Guy's in the Hall of Fame. Right, Ray Guy's the best punter of all time, so he deserves it. Yeah, I don't want to put 20 punters in the Hall yeah. of Fame. Yeah, Reggie Parks. Is, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not putting like 12 belt designers on there. I'm putting Reggie fucking Parks in there. Right, right. You're not putting exactly. Yeah, I'm and putting I, Howard I, I Finkel in, and I'm putting Reggie Parks in. I'm putting the best ring announcer ever and the best belt designer ever. Like, yeah, you put a couple each. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe only one of certain things. I I totally get it. I just struggle with it. That's yeah, all. That's fair. We'll, we'll go into deeper details there. Uh, and then finally, the one everyone's been waiting for, uh, Roger De La Porte and Andre Boulet. Oh, but of course. <laughs> right, it's from the rest of the world region. So Again, I don't know, but I'm imagining these men are Frenchmen, but uh, I don't know that for oh, sure. This is so. why you don't vote on every category. Because <laughs> I don't know enough about 
Uh, Andre Boulay and uh, and who's the other guy? Roger Delaporte. So get Pat Laprade on the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he'll he'll uh, he'll set us straight. So there you go. That is Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Uh, that was longer than I think we anticipated doing, but that's fine. We're going to do more content about that on the paywall, as we said. Uh, patreoncom slash wrestling, or just look up the flagship Patreon. And you'll find that again. I have an intro uh, breaking down a lot of the new candidates who fell off, who uh, highest risers, biggest falls last year, as, as well as who's new on the ballot, and, and some other uh, interesting notes about the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. And then obviously we'll do additional content throughout the next month. The uh, ballots are due uh, December second, I want to say December second, December fourth, one of those dates. Uh, but we'll have full we'll of content over the next month about it. So at the end of the day, if you don't care about the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, I get it. It's fine. All it is is us talking about good old wrestlers. That's it. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's that's at the end of the day, if you like the history of wrestling, that's what it's all about. It's an opportunity for us to get on here and talk to other people about great wrestlers from the past. They're expanded segments of what we just did. Yeah. Just talking about wrestlers' careers and stuff. So uh, I think it's a lot of fun, even if you're not into the the Hall of Fame process. Exactly. So all right. So we had uh, AW full gear on the uh the the docket here. We that's that getting launched. Week. That's next week. We we can do the go home show for that next week, so that's fine. Uh, but we do have a few well, more topics left to go, Joe. So I uh, I don't know if you want to. Let's do uh... no, 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 no. Let's do New Japan on its own. Okay. And then hit them off with the other thing. Okay. And then you can ask me the question. All right. New Japan Power Struggle is coming up this weekend. Uh, main event: Shingo Takagi defending the IWG World Heavyweight Title, not the Reggie Parks belt. Some other chump made this yeah. belt uh, versus Zack Saber Jr. So Shingo Takagi versus Zack Saber Jr. in the main event. Uh, I would assume Shingo's going to win this one and move on, but uh, it should be a pretty fun match. I, I like their G1 match, so I'm excited. Yeah, we don't get the Kota Bushi match, but um, we get the Zack Sabre Jr. match here. So uh, Zack did beat Shingo in the G1, so they did do something that makes some booking sense. But yeah, Shingo's going to retain the title here for sure. Uh, this one's a, a up for debate here. Number one contender, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. This belt Reggie Parks did create. Uh, yes. Okada just decided, fuck the trophy. I'm just coming out with the old belt. The old belt's cool. The old belt rules. The old belt is the way it should be. And uh, this motherfucker just walked out with that damn belt. And it's a thing now, apparently. So uh, Okada defending the Tokyo Dome Challenge Rights Certificate slash G1 Trophy slash IWGP World Heavyweight Championship slash number one contendership uh, against Tamatonga. Well, we don't have to sit through it. Big spot for Tamatonga. We don't have to sit through it on an American show. How about that? Yep. Big spot for Tamatonga. Yep. Uh, by the way, for uh, if you're an English commentary fan, I believe this show is not going to be live. It's going to be like the day after or whatever because Kevin Kelly is back in America. So um, just just for a note, if you're watching live, uh, you're not going to get live English commentary. I believe you'll get it a day or so afterwards for that. I believe I'm correct on that. I will double check, but I'm almost positive. So, uh, IWGP U.S. Heavyweight Title match. This one I'm 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 looking forward to a little bit. Uh, Tanahashi versus Kenta. Uh, Tanahashi putting the U.S. Title on the line against Kenta. Could you imagine if they gave this show both the Tamatanga briefcase mat briefcase match and the Chase Owens U.S. Title match on the same show? <laughs> the real maybe they wanted to split those real up. struggle indeed for sure. Yeah, so <laughs> real struggle. Yeah. But anyway, Tanahashi Kenta, any any strong thoughts on that match? Or uh, no, yeah, it feels like we've seen it a bunch. Um, Kenta's, I, I, I don't, yeah, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see what ends up happening there. Get into it. A uh, match I am looking forward to: junior heavyweight title match, Robbie Eagles defending the title against El Desperado. This should be pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, uh, Robbie Eagles. Um, I think he'll retain here. I do so too. I, yeah. I I think he'll be champion through the Super Junior Tour, and then we're getting then Hiromu's going to win that, and then beat Robbie Eagles at the Dome. 
we've talked about it a million times. That's the story they were going to tell. Yeah, they wanted to tell that story anyway. And now they can. In the before times. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so they're they're just going to do that now. Uh, KOPW 2021 trophy that was up for it was going to be a kiss my foot match or an amateur rules match. And it it is going to be an amateur rules match. Toriana defending the KOPW 2021 trophy against Great Okan. Amateur rules. Toriana with a great advantage here because he was a, a, an amateur wrestler. Pretty accomplished amateur wrestler as well. So don't sleep on Okan, who's got those uh, legitimate skills as well. Mm-hmm. So, but what I will do is not enjoy a single second of this. <laughs> right. That's what I will do. I do love that Okada came up with this thing and then fucking bounced, and he hasn't been anywhere near this damn trophy. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, this would be cool." And they're like, "All right, yeah, it'd be cool." And he's like, "Ah, this thing sucks. I'm out." And they're like, "All right, whatever. We'll just keep it around." And Without you, and yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Uh, never open weight six man tag team titles here Tomoro Ishii, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi, the dream team versus the old house of torture evil show in Yujiro Takahashi, who are absolutely 100% lock it in. If it was on my book, yet, bet the house, house of torture winning this tag team titles. Yeah, we're getting a title change here. Yeah, they're winning those titles, no doubt about it. Uh, Bushi Sonata Hiromu versus Taguchi, Master Wato, and Yuji Nagata. I'll just quickly go over the rest of the card here. Uh, Tiger Mask 4. And Great Bashiel Hanma and Makabe versus Gato, Jado, and Tangaloa. And then Duki and Yoshinobu Kanemoro versus Oia and Fujita. So. All right. Yeah. So that'll be. Uh, what? What's the date on that? I believe that, that is Saturday, but let me make sure it's not Sunday morning. I always, I always struggle with if it's on a Saturday or Sunday for these things. This is going to be on November 6th, which is a Saturday. Saturday. So, yeah, it'll be Saturday morning then for. for so us. late. Late Friday night. Late Friday, early Saturday morning. Early Saturday morning is what we're, we're dealing with here. And I meant to look okay. up about the English commentary. I said I was going to do that. Let me see, because I know a lot of people uh, usually listen on English if, if it is available. Um, English on demand, yeah. So watch Power Struggle Live uh, in Japanese, English on demand. So when that will be up, who knows? I think they said about 24 hours or so, but sometimes it, it, it has gone a little bit later than that. So it will not be live in English, but it will be live in, in Japanese trying to watch on, on Saturday morning. So so we will review that uh, next week. There you go. Yeah. I have a question for you before the question you think I'm going to ask. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Is Rock Yasin the best NFL name of all time? Whoa. Rock Yasin. How does it spell? How's Yasin spelled? First name Rock. Yeah, which already puts him in a, in a, in a pantheon. Yes. Last name Yasin. Y-A- Whoa! S I N. Holy shit! Yes, that's the greatest NFL name of all time. Rock right? Yah Dash Sin. Is he cool? Is he good? He's pretty good. That's good enough. Back. Good enough. That sounds. That's awesome. That's Rock Yah Sin. Because that's okay. So you got like the funny, like Haha Clinton Dix is like a funny name. Yeah. This is like a badass name though. You don't want to line up next to Rock Yah Sin, right? Especially a defensive player, right? Yeah. He's going to rock the sin right out of you. Oh, man. I'm trying to think of best NFL names. Uh, I was always a big fan of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> from the Miami Dolphins. Oh, yeah. Spelled uh, a little different, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Running back for them. Uh, um, uh, he was a running back, running back from Miami Dolphins, right? Yes. Um, Man. I'm trying to think of other, like, real, like, obvious best names of all time, guys. Rock Yasin. It might be Rock Yasin, yeah. Ironhead Hayward. I was I was always a big fan of Debrickashaw Ferguson. That's a pretty That's cool a name. Good one. That's yeah. a really cool name. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, but like I said, like because I like haha Clinton Dix is funny, like funny, but I, I I'm talking I'm talking like badass, like it works right. for the sport. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Rock your sin works. Champ Bailey. I was always a big fan of Champ Bailey. Oh yeah. Was it? What was cool. his brother's name? Oh, Boss. Wasn't it Boss Bailey? Boss Bailey. That, yeah. Okay, that might be it. That's a really good name. Champ and Boss Bailey. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sweet. Those are are one and two on my potential uh, uh, child names. Is Boss and Prince. <laughs> Champ. Yeah. <laughs> Name your kids Boss and Champ. Yeah. I wonder if those were birth names. Um, Rock is not his birth name, but no. you lose some points there. Does lose Boss Bailey was no. His name is Rodney. That's mm, losing some points. That's gonna lose some points. Yeah. Uh, Champ Bailey is Roland. Oh. Yeah, they're cheating. Yeah. No, they're out. They're out. Sorry. Champ and Boss are cheating. Yeah, go by Roland and what was the other one? Roland and Rodney. Yeah, like, I don't know why Champ and Boss, but yeah. Nah. Yeah, those are nicknames. So, those are nicknames. Those are not names. So no. Now Rock Yasin, that's not his birth name, but I think he has gone by Rock for most of his life here. Okay. I I can't pronounce his real first name. Ab Abdurrahman Abdurrahman Rock Ramadan Yasin. Okay. Actually, that whole thing is That's awesome. a badass name. You should put that all on the jersey. Abdurrahman Rock should, Ramadan Yassin. Yeah, that should be on the entire... He should make the guy make a big jersey with all those names on there, for sure. That'd be incredible. Yeah. Yeah, Rock so Yassin is pretty champion. good. I, I, uh, not a fan of the man, but Richie Incognito is always a fun name, too. Not Obviously, the man, <laughs> not a great guy, but uh, the name Richie Incognito you know, he, is pretty good. He's still good. in the league, you know. Is he really? Yep. The NFL, man. <laughs> as long as you can do your job well enough. They're good, man. They will turn that cheek. He is still no. Well, he's old as hell too. That's <laughs> right. he's got to be like thirty eight. He got right? draft. He got drafted in like two thousand four, and he's still in the league. How is he still? It's on the Raiders. Yeah. All right. Well, I think I think DeBrickishaw Ferguson is going to be one of mine. Then um, now that I have to demote Champ and Boss Bailey. Yeah, Rockyson, DeBrickishaw Ferguson. Um. Oh, I loved it. Oh, Quentin Jammer. Wasn't he a uh, – he was oh, a cornerback, right? Quentin Jammer, and he was a corner. Yeah, it rules. Corner. Yes, I always remember yeah. loving that. Yes. I love that a 322-pound man is named Incognito. Yeah, <laughs> Richie Incognito. He's got long hair, thousands of tattoos, and he's 330 pounds, yeah. Yeah. Couldn't be more, more – it couldn't be less Incognito than Richie Incognito, yeah. The dude was in the 2005 draft. He's still in the league. Mm. This isn't baseball either. Average career in the NFL is like two and a half years. Yeah, this dude's like it's <laughs> five. All right, so Rich, I have another question. Okay, all right, all right. Is this this one is not about DeBrickishaw Ferguson though, right? It's not about Rocky Sin, DeBrickishaw Ferguson, none of that. We got to get back down to business as we uh, head into the final segment of the show. I have a question for you, and that question is: Do you want to go bouncing? Around Japan. Let's do it. So we're going to touch on a bunch of different promotions here, and we're going to start with, you know what? Let's start with a promotion we haven't talked about in a long time. Let's talk some Big Japan. Yeah, remember when we were a Big Japan show during peak when's COVID? The last time we, when's the last time we did some Big Japan? Uh, it may sure have been March of 2020, may have been the last time that we did extensive Big Japan. Uh, Big but- and I, I guess I shouldn't say, we're not doing extensive Big Japan, but uh, you and I both watched a match from Big Japan 
uh, set out. It was from the 1018 show. It was Takuya Nomura versus Daisuke Sakamoto for the Big Japan Strong title from their, again, their 1018 show. Uh, first off, I want to note the absolute state of the Big Japan uh, ring. Oh, God. <laughs> well, these poor people. I, I know that they've needed money to buy a truck and they needed money for this. They need. Where can I donate to get these guys a mat that's not filled with masking tape? The Big Japan situation. Look, we know they almost folded. We understand that during the pandemic. Uh, like you said, they had to do what they have to do. They didn't have to crowdsource to get their uh, their truck. Their, yeah, so, so they could actually get to the shows. Yeah, fixed when it broke down in the middle of the pandemic. And look, Big Japan. The reason we haven't talked about Big Japan a lot is because Big Japan just hasn't been interesting. They have not been an interesting company this year. Um, I've been keeping one eye on it. Uh, you know, it's just a hard promotion to watch. There's no juice. But uh, this was a match that was recommended to us and uh, was getting some buzz all over the place. So uh, we even got Rich to watch a big Japan match this week. And it was Takuya Nomura, who is the uh, who is their strong champion. They finally belted up Nomura. Were you even aware that they I was not. I went through most of the match because I kind of skipped pretty quickly uh, to get to the, uh, the, the match itself because I was kind of pressed for time. And then when it was done, I was just like, whoa, big win for Nomori. He won the title. And then they, like, gave him the title. And then, like, I looked it up. I'm like, oh, wait, he was the champion going in. I was kind of surprised. Yeah, I had no idea that he, he had this actually become defense. the champion. Yeah, so. he beat Nakanoe uh, last month or the month before, something like that. So this was his first defense against Daisuke Sakamoto. Um, what did you think of this? I thought it was tremendous. I thought this was a lot of fun. Uh, Sakamoto being, you know, obviously the big time, you know, veteran out there, just working this guy, just beating the living shit out of him, putting him in neck cranks, putting him in in, in, in sleeper holds, putting him in things little by little. Nomura just wouldn't give up, wouldn't give up, wouldn't give up. Kept fighting, kept fighting, getting out, getting out, getting out. And then finally he gets a little bit of a run, and then it leads to the final few minutes of this match where these dudes slap the ever-living shit out of each other. I have never heard a wrestling slap as loud as the ones that Daisuke Sakamoto was giving to Nomura. So much so that Nomura's face just exploded in blood just like I've never seen a slap cause so much blood on a man's face but his entire head is just gushing blood after getting slapped so hard by Daisuke Sakamoto but he fights through it he fights through it he hits the big you know double under underhook suplex and gets the pin to retain the title uh, I thought awesome stuff here just hard hitting as fuck the crowd super into Nomura surviving here Daisuke Sakamoto playing the, the the just asshole veteran I thought this was tremendous stuff a lot of fun watching this match well the headbutts oh and the headbutts too that may have contributed to his head gushing with blood that's as well, what, I so. think that's what busted him open was the was the was the headbutts but uh, yeah Nomura was yeah this man uh, Nomura broke up a uh, he, he threw Daisuke Sakamoto who was not a very small man he threw him against the ropes and then instead of a lariat he used his head which is is one way to do it, so... Um, this Most this men use great. their arms, but he decided to use his head. To... to break up the... Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was a great match, but, you know, I think Sekimoto, and I've been saying for the last couple of years, he's kind of... He's losing it a bit. Um, he's not the wrestler he once was. This was great because it was violent. More so than, you know, classic Daisuke Sekimoto. Uh, I saw Sekimoto wrestle Suji Ishikawa in, in All Japan... In a match that took place about a week before this one, and and he didn't look great in that match. I mean, he doesn't. He's not a bad wrestler. He hasn't completely fallen off the cliff, but he's not what he was. But this match was violent enough to where I would call it a great match. And as far as Nomura goes, um, he's 28 years old now. He's about to enter his prime, 
they need to just leave the belt on this guy and have him beat everybody and just see if they can uh, if something can happen here with him. Um, you know, it, it's nice to see them finally pull the trigger, but it would be very foolish just to go back to one of these older guys. I mean, this is a promotion that's that's hanging on by a thread. Uh, this match, and I understand pandemic crowd and all that, it drew 412 people to Cork and Hall. Um, you know, th- this isn't a promotion that's going to be filling up Cork and Hall, even when things get back to normal, the way things are going. Uh, this is your hot young star that people have wanted to see pushed for a long time. You just put the title on him, do the right thing, keep it on him, have him beat all of these guys, go right down the line. Sakamoto, Sakamoto should just be number one on the list. And then, uh, you know, see if you can uh, reignite and catch a little fire with this guy as your champion. There's no reason to, you know, have him lose the title to anybody anytime soon, in my view. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, no, no. I mean, this, this is the guy to go for. And, and, and yeah, I, uh, so you said you've kept one eye on it. Is there, I mean, there's literally nothing else that I should be watching or keep an eye on for Big Japan. Like, not should... unless you want to be depressed. I mean, it's just a depressing Yeah, no, no, I got watch. enough in it's... my other life to make me depressed. I don't need to seek out I mean, you can't yet. even, you can't even get into New Japan under these circumstances. Right, right. If, if you, I'm telling you right now, if you try to watch some of this Big Japan stuff, you're just going to be. The crowd did seem hot for this match, though. I will give that. I was kind of impressed by how hot they were for Nomura, but this might be, uh, is this, uh, the exception to the rule, you, you would say? I don't know. I thought the atmosphere was pretty dire for this, honestly. But um, I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of burnt out on a lot of this COVID shit in Japan. But um, no, I mean, there were some big Japan matches very early in the year uh, that I thought were okay. And then, um, you know, I've been in and out on it. It's just not an exciting promotion to watch right now. But now that Nomura has the title... I will definitely check in on all of his title defenses, at least when he wrestles people who, who you know, are, are competent, uh, which most of these can, top contenders will be. I mean, he'll if he wrestles Okabayashi and Daishi Hashimoto and yeah, yeah, yeah. Kamatani and people like that, I mean, I'll check in on it. I'll check it out, you know, because it's Nomura and he's finally got the belt. And, uh, you know, let's see what he can do with it. All right. So, uh Let's switch gears here and talk a little bit of pro wrestling. Noah, there were two big matches over the last week. You watched one and I watched the other. Which one do you want to tackle first? Yeah, let's uh, let's go with yours first. I think yours chronologically happened before mine. Is that correct? Yeah, mine was on the 28th. That was the uh, Takashi Sagara versus Masaki Mochizuki match for the national title. And then you watched the GHC title match on the 30th, which was Nakajima. And this is his V1 defense, right? Mm-hmm, Against mm-hmm. Uh, Masato Tanaka. Yep. So, um, Sagara versus Mochizuki was exactly what you're probably thinking on paper. They went in there and uh, beat the living shit out of each other for 20 minutes, and I loved every fucking second of it. It was just uh, my kind of pro wrestling. Every time uh, you watch these uh, big Noah matches, as long as they don't have Muto in them, they deliver. I mean... This was just uh, great stuff. The finish was a little abrupt. I will say that. Kind of came out of nowhere. Crowd was a little surprised at that point, too. But they get they put the belt on Mochizuki, which means I guess I guess he's gonna stick around a little while longer. And he fits right in with this with this uh, current style that Noah has going on because he's not afraid to kick your chest in. You know, and, and he'll get in there and, and wrestle a physical match. So I like Mochizuki and Noah. I think it's a good fit. He wins the national title here. Uh, it's Look, if you like both of these guys, and if you like the way this sounds on paper, it's a match I would recommend 
uh, to anybody who's into both of these dudes, especially if you've been in to uh, to the, the current style of Noah wrestling, which is, uh, I think, the best style for COVID-era crowds. So, And then Kano came out and made the challenge. So we're going to get Kano versus Mochizuki for that title next. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, that sounds right awesome. up my alley for sure. Uh, the match I watched was October 30th, 2021 from Demolition Stage 2021 in Fukuoka. Uh, this had English commentary as well, so if you're on Russell Universe, again, you you are getting it for free uh, for the remainder of the year, and this one was on English commentary as well. So I, I can honestly say, I think I maybe had a little too much expectations going in. I've seen a lot of people who really, really love this match, and that was one of those things where when you see people say, oh my god, this match is incredible, oh my god, you're going to love it, and you watch it, and, and it, it sucks, because it was like a very, very good match. I thought it was really good stuff. I thought Nakajima was awesome throughout this match. He's kicking the ever-living shit out of uh, 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 Tanaka's arm, obviously, to stop the lariat, to stop the sliding D or whatever. So really, really cool stuff there and really cool, you know, structure of the match made all the sense in the world uh, for Nakajima to be working over uh, Tanaka's arm. I think one of the issues was it maybe went a little too long. It went almost 35 minutes, and I think that just, it kind of stretched out a little too long. What was cool, though, is at the end there was a ton of good kickouts, and it's one of these moments that, you know, I hate to always bring up COVID crowds and how a match would have been in if, if the crowd could have made noise or how the match would have been pre-COVID or whatever. But this is a match that totally, like, if you can imagine this one in, in, a, in a packed Corican Hall and Tanaka kicking out and then kicking out again and then kicking out again. And then, I mean, he kicked out, like, four or five times in the last five minutes of this match or so. And each time, like, the crowds, you know, were clapping louder and clapping faster. And you're just like, oh, my God. Like, how cool would this have been with just a sold-out Corican Hall just going absolutely nuts or a sold-out building just going absolutely nuts for this. So, uh, ultimately, I think this is a match you should definitely check out and watch. I've seen a lot of people who love it a lot more than I did, but I still think it was a solid-as-hell match. Like, I'm probably, I don't know, four and a quarter, four stars flat. I've seen some people go, you know, four and three quarters or call it a match of the year contender. I'm not quite there with it, but I think it was really, really good. And Nakajima is doing some of the best work of his entire career right now. And this was another great match that shows that this guy is just on a completely different level than he's ever been uh, in the main event scene. So I- I'm excited to watch what he has moving forward. Uh, and-, and I can't wait to see uh, you know what he has. And Masato Tanaka is fucking endless, man. This guy is, you know... In 1998, you would have said this guy's not going to last, and it's 2021. He's still out there, and he's still having really, really good matches, and can still go with anybody in the world. So, yeah, a, a fun match, a match that others like a little bit more than me, but I still think you should go out of your way to check out if you get a chance. Sato Tanaka's starting to look old in the face. He is finally getting old. Yeah, it is. It is. It's getting there. It is getting there. The body still looks the same, basically. The face the face is definitely getting a little old, but the work is is, is still timeless, so... All right, so I'm working my way through some All Japan. I haven't seen this Jake Lee, Kento Miyahara match that everybody's talking about. I haven't gotten to that yet. I did see uh, Shigehiro Irii defeat Suji Ishikawa for the Gaiora TV title. And uh, Irii is doing sort of this uh, this belt collector gimmick right now, I guess. He's got that title now. He's the 2AW champion. And he's the OWE champion. Uh, who knows if that even still exists at this point, right? But he's still carrying around that title of the uh, the, the old Shima project, which I don't even think. Is that even an active promotion? I mean, I guess we should ask Iron Mike Spears, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, he would know. I'm not, uh, man, I don't know I if I have a good answer for that, unfortunately. I think this is destined to be one of those belts that just floats around Japan for decades, even though it's a dead promotion. There's a bunch of those floating around Japan, and that'll probably be what this OWE Openweight title is, but... Uh, at any rate, Erie has three titles now. It wasn't any kind of a great match against Ishikawa. But uh, what we wanted to talk about here was the real-world tag league teams. Now, they're doing four blocks. 
So you're going to get the four block winners as the four semifinalists. I think it's pretty clear who all the block winners are going to be. So uh, block A, Suwama and Sotero Oshino. Of course, they have uh, formed a tag team. Uh, and they're probably going to win this block A, which also includes Jake Lee and Hakuto Omori, uh, Abdullah Kobayashi and Drew Parker from Big Japan, and then the Saito brothers. So the Saito brothers are going to go 0-3 and, and finish in last place, and you figure Suwama and Ashino will win that block. Block B, Kento Miyahara and Yuma Aoyagi look to be the favorites there. Uh, this looks like a fun block. It's got uh, T-Hawk and L. Lindemann. Hmm. Now, I don't know if you've been watching any of their stuff in All Japan, but they are the uh, All-Asia champs, and they're, they've been killing it. Yeah, they've been so, great. Everything I've seen of them has, has been awesome. So that, that block already with those two teams sounds great. Because so. that match is going to be great between those yeah. two teams. And then uh, Tajiri and Super Crazy are in that block, along with Izanagi. No, they're not all winners. And, <laughs> they're not all winners. So Izanagi and Devil uh, Murasaki are in that block as well. So And then uh, Block C, uh, Twin Towers are back together. I don't know if you caught that, but Suji Ishikawa and Kohei Sato. Uh, we're in block C. They look to be the favorites. Yoshitatsu and... Land's End. Sie- Land's End, baby. Let's go. <laughs> and Siego Tachibana. Uh, Mitsuya Nagai and Leona. And then Kengo Mashima, representing 2AW. And Kazma Sakamoto, who's done with Dragon Game, I believe. So, um, that's a sleazy block. Yeah, that's... Uh, so, I think I'll skip that one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Sakamoto is indeed done with Dragon Game. So, that, that is it for, uh, for him and Dragon Game. Block D, Zeus and Shigehiro Iri. They're probably going to win the block because Iri just won the Gayora TV title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Zeus cut a big promo after that match, too. So everyone seems to think Zeus is just going to shuffle off to Osaka Pro, but um, I think Purple Haze is still going to get pushed to some degree. Yeah, All Japan needs to have yeah. somebody. I mean, they can't just lose everybody. So, yeah, I think he's probably just double dipping here, I, I would imagine, moving forward, but we'll see. Takeo Omori and Yuko Miyamoto, Koji Iwamoto and Ryuki Honda, and Koji Doi and Kuma Arashi round out block D. So you're oh. going to get Suwama and Oshino, yeah. Miyahara Aoyagi, Twin Towers, and Zeus and Iri. That's going to be your semi That B block, though, that sounds tremendous. Yeah, those can be some... I want to see if Super Crazy has anything left in the tank. <laughs> My uh, guess is I, no, but we'll see. Yeah, that's... I don't know the answer to that, yeah. but I think the Miyahara Aoyagi versus T-Hawk and Lindemann match can be... Uh... Oh, we have some breaking news. Gerard DiTrolio tells us that Yuko Miyamoto broke his leg. So oh, I don't know fuck, who's replacing well. him in that Omori team, but uh, I guess that team is uh, scratched. I don't know if a replacement has been named, but uh, if somebody in the chat lets us know before we're done, we will let you know who's replacing Miyamoto in that team with, uh, with Omori. So... Um, that's the All Japan, and now we're going to bounce to Dragon Gate. We're hitting everybody, Rich. Yeah, we're getting we're it all. Getting we're all bouncing around All Japan. Yes, Dragon Gate, Gate of Destiny 2021. Uh, I watched the top two matches from this show and wanted to talk about them briefly. Uh, open the Twin Gate title, you had Natural Vibes, King Shimizu, and Susumu versus Hao and Kano from Anoa. So they had uh, come out there, made the big challenge. Uh, the Noah guys versus the Dragon Gate guys. And this was 14 minutes, and it fucking rocked, dude. This was awesome. What? You, you will love this. You will love this match. What do you mean, what? Doesn't look great on paper. This was good. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was really good stuff. What I would say here is the guys to note, 
King Shimizu. We've had a lot of stuff about Big R and, and Shimizu, and you and I have been kind of unhappy with how the direction his career has gone, given, you know, certain ways that he, you know, he's booked in a certain way for a while, and then he's kind of been a joke now. This was one of the best performances I've seen of King Shimizu in years. He was great in this, and it makes me believe that, man, maybe this guy should just go to Noah. Like, you know what I mean? He should just, like, leave with these guys and just go to Noah because he's out there, no bullshit, no dancing, no, he just goes out there and fucking works, hits hard, he's a monster, Kano's selling for him, Howe's selling for him, it's just, it's awesome, he's coming in, breaking up pinfalls, like, really, really good stuff here between these two teams, uh, it was funny too, because, um, I listened on English, and it was Jay and, and, and Ho-Ho Lun, uh, and they're talking about how the Noah team is, like, being very prim and proper, and, like, you know, tagging in and out with Noah rules, and all that sort of stuff, and then you have natural vibes, and they're just, you know, doing Dragon Gate rules, they're sliding out of the ring, and that's a tag, and they're bouncing all over the place, and double teaming, and all that sort of stuff, so it was a nice little dichotomy of styles there, but you saw, you saw it in King Shimizu there, that that guy, there's still something there, you know, it's not all gone, and that guy can still be an absolute killer, so uh, that was a lot of fun, uh, that match, and then the Open the Dreamgate title match was, was a big one here, it was Yamato defending the title, uh, newly won title, he won a couple, uh, forget exactly what show that was on that he won, but a relatively new uh, win there for Yamato. Uh, defending against BB Hulk, so two like kind of you know big time, long time veteran members of the Dragon Gate roster, uh, and they went out there and had a throwback match. Man, I, I'm not the biggest BB Hulk fan in the world. I do like Yamato a lot. Both men have slowed down a tremendous amount over the last year or last couple of years, I should say. But Yamato and BB Hulk went out there, worked their asses off, bumped all over the place, some big big spots between both guys. I was kind of surprised at some of the stuff that they were taking. But Joe, I don't know. Have you seen the clips from this match, or, or do you know kind of the, the the story around this match, or no? No, I no, I do not. I haven't so, watched the show at all. I don't want to spoil it for you, but but I I feel I have to talk about it when I talk about this match. But yeah, they wrestle for nineteen minutes. They wrestle for nineteen minutes, back and forth stuff. You're kind of like, all right, here we go. You know, they're really kind of building the crescendo of this match. The you know final few minutes are going to be awesome. Yamato puts an armbar on BB Hulk, and then the referee just kind of goes, no, 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 calls it off, and Jay has no idea. Ho-Ho-Lun, well, he never has any idea. Ho-Ho-Lun has no idea what's going on. Yamato looks confused. BB Hulk's grabbing at his shoulder. And eventually they go, oh, well, I guess the referee stopped it because they thought BB Hulk's shoulder got separate. And it's this weird thing where, like, you think that it's legit, legit injury. And as far as I know on this show, you know, recording the show right now, I don't think it was a legit injury because he's booked for all the, the tour coming up. But it looks and it feels and it resembles a real injury, and the crowd kind of reacted like they thought it was a real injury. You know, Jay and Ho-Lun reacted like it was... It was a very strange way to end this match, and it wasn't in the way that, like, sometimes you get an armbar spot, and, like, the guy rears back on it, and then, like, the guy, you know, taps, and the referee's like, no, 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 it wasn't like that. Yamato had barely put the lock on, kind of rears back a little bit, and the referee just kind of makes the call without BB Hulk making any sort of, you know, declaration that he was tapping out or that he was done. It was a very, very, very strange way to end this match. Uh, which sucked, because they were on the path to having a very, a really, really, really good match that I really enjoyed. It just, I don't know, it was a very, very weird, clunky finish that I've seen a lot of people be very confused about and not quite understand exactly what, what, what they were going for here. So, um, I don't know. Maybe you'll have to watch it and see how your interpretation of the finish was. So, Or or he's actually legitimately hurt, and we'll find that out you know, in the next coming days, that it was a real, you know, separated shoulders or whatever. But, uh, what's, yeah. the date, what's the date on this that, show? Uh, the Gate of Destiny, let me get that for you real quick. I uh, just went up on. Uh, oh, so I have time. Is I'm I'm wondering if I have time. Oh, you're good. Yeah, it was on the third. It was on the third, so you got plenty of time. Oh, oh, oh plenty of time. Okay, yeah, I'll get yeah, to this with time. English commentary as well. So yeah, check that one out. Check out the uh, uh, open the uh, uh, Twin Gate match as well, and that that is all I saw from the show. So I can't say uh, exactly another match while you're on the Dragon Gate Network. And I, th oh man, this one that might be <laughs> Dragon Gate Network is weird. And you only have like what 
couple weeks to watch something if it's still I up there. A, I have a I have a sketchy link to this. Ah, okay. Ten seventeen. SB Kento. Funky Jackie Kamai. I'm not going to give you all the details of the match, Joe. I want you to watch this match, and the next time we talk about Dragon Gate, hopefully next week or in a couple weeks, watch it's, this match, um, report back, and let's talk. It's on my list, and I have a sketchy link. Okay, good. Watch that sketchy link and come back, and we'll talk. So we're 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 pressed for time right now, which is fine because yeah. I don't. I, I want you to watch this because we always talk about how there's certain times in Dragon Gate when you can watch a match and just go, okay. These dudes are the future. These guys are clearly building blocks. There's something they see in these guys. This is one of those matches. SB Kento in a big spot here. Funky Jackie Kamai in a huge, huge spot for him. Uh, two just super young dudes. I think SB Kento's like 22 and plays like the KG veteran in this match. Like, you got to watch this and we'll talk about it. What, the next time we talk about Dragon Gate, you will have seen this match and we will talk about this match because we have you know, You know what? It might be one of those. Okay, so watching Takuya Nomura and Daisuke Sekimoto, I don't know if it gave you this feeling. It was like a nice palate cleanser. It was like, you know what? I needed to watch a big Japan oh, match yeah, where they yeah, just beat for sure. the shit out of each other. So this Kento, this SB Kento versus Funky Jackie Kamei might be sort of in the same vein, but in the complete opposite style. Like, oh, I need a, a hot Dragon Gate style of match with two young up-and-coming stars as like a palate cleanser yeah. for all the shitty wrestling that I watch because I haven't seen one in a while. It might have sort of that same feeling in a completely different style. For sure, it will. It's in a very small room. There's no commentary, and they just go out there and they just work their asses off for 23 minutes. Uh, you will love it. It's it's a classic Dragon Gate match, and it's one that uh, obviously the Open the Voice Gate crew uh, has put over tremendously as well as as like okay, put, put circle this match, highlight it, do whatever you got to do. This is one that's going to be an important match down the line uh, for both of these wrestlers. Probably more for SB Kento, but 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 Funky Jackie it seems to be on that trajectory as well. So yeah, definitely a good palate cleanser, just like Nomura and Sakamoto was. Uh, so I think maybe that's what we have to do with with all the shitty wrestling we're watching is occasionally jump in. To some of these random Japanese companies and just watch like a match or two from all these companies and 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 and, and kind of like you said, kind of wash away the G one a little bit, wash away the you know the boringness of the G one or kind of the the uninspiredness of uh, of New Japan. Sometimes maybe we need stuff like this, but uh, yeah, watch this match. I, I I think you'll definitely enjoy it. I think we sufficiently bounced around Japan. We did. That is bounced, and we have uh, sufficiently done an episode here of The Flagship. We are uh, running out of time here, so I will let you know again. Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. Look up The Flagship Podcast on Patreon. Ungodly amounts of stuff on there. You have a new Yes Movement coming up in the next few days. I, I'm halfway through recording that. That is my uh, you know docu-series about Daniel Bryan's uh, run in WWE. I uh, have a new CM Punk Best in the World uh, that just came out. A few other episodes that have come out as well. Thursday tier reviews. You have an Intelligentsia, the return of the Intelligentsia. Uh, from Joe Lanza talking about the old Rob Fish and some other uh, uh, good stuff there. So uh, that will be uh, the intelligentsia is is back, um, and you're going to see it more often um, than in the past because it's basically um, all of what normally would have been hot Twitter takes in audio form. So because I'm not on Twitter anymore, I'm now doing all of my hot Twitter takes in audio form on the intelligentsia for new subscribers who might not remember the intelligentsia. It's basically me taking uh, hot topics in wrestling and then uh, giving my takes on them. It's a slightly different format than talking about news. It's more, you know, just uh, stretching out your legs and talking about certain topics. So uh, yes, that did return with a four topic intelligentsia this week and it's getting some pretty good reviews. So. so that's on there. That's on the $5 tier. As I said, wrestling observer newsletter content coming up uh, through the rest of the month as well. Uh, and then the big one coming up next week on the $10 tier full gear live immediately following uh, AW's pay-per-view 
uh, next week. Uh, we will be doing an instant reaction live uh, following the show, and those are always always eventful. We usually go insane detail with every single match and every single part of the show, uh, and that tends to be one of our most popular things that we do here. So uh, that'll be on the ten dollars tier, uh, patreoncom wrestling, also the flagship uh, Patreon. So that is it for us. For Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Krejci. We'll talk to you.